the uh, Mike Lindell, the Mike Lindell. No, the uh, the FBI raid on Mike Lindell. We've got more information. Apparently, they're targeting him over damage to a protected computer and identity theft. Sounds a lot like BS, but of course, things have been getting pretty crazy with the FBI at the at, at the Washington uh, bureau. They've been going after Trump. Now it's just getting worse. 40 subpoenas sent to Trump allies, and then we get the Mike Lindell thing. And so we're going to have to talk about that, get into great detail about what's happening at the highest levels of politics in this country. And we have another funny story that we talked about the other day having to do with Trump and a secret meeting. And who was at that secret meeting on the golf course with no golf clubs? And we can now formally debunk all of the insane lies that they pushed about this story. So that's going to be fun. And then the big news is that the railway, uh, the rail workers are set to strike on Friday unless a deal gets approved at the last minute. But uh, one of the unions, a couple of, I think maybe the biggest, one of the biggest, has rejected the deal that Biden tried brokering. If this strike happens, it is going to impact every level. I mean, long-term trains for transport Amtrak is getting, they're shutting those down. We're going to see $2 billion in economic damage per day. And uh, this means your goods, stuff you might find at the store won't be there, or at least it'll be delayed. Like, you know, nothing will happen for a few weeks, but then eventually you'll stop seeing the things you like and the prices are going to start going up. So this is big. And it is an apocalyptic scenario for Democrats right before the midterms, because even if it's not Joe Biden's fault, and he's trying, he's tr- the Democrats are trying to do a lot to stop this strike from happening. Voters are just going to say the economy is bad. I'm going to vote for the other guy. So we're going to get in, we, we will get into all of that. But before we do, my friends, head over to strongerbonesandlife.com. I'm sorry. No, I'm eat right and feel, feel well. How do we have the wrong thing? We're doing eat MC. right. Eat right and feel well.com. I read the wrong URL. It's Keto Elevate C8 MCT oil powder. It's from Biotrust. We also do shout out Biotrust's um, uh, collagen as well. But this is a uh, medium chain triglyceride power you can add to your drinks. I like putting it in my coffee. It's actually really good. And uh, my friends, since I started the, I started with keto and now I'm in like a mod- modified low carb kind of thing. Clearly I'm drinking coconut water. So there's some sugar back in my diet, but I dropped 30 pounds. No joke, legit 30 pounds. And it's uh, with the help of Biotrust. No joke, literally. So head over to eatrightandfeelwell.com and you will get a 60 day money back guarantee. Keto Elevate provides your body only C8, the most ketogenic MCT. That means it provides support for energy levels, healthy appetite management, mental clarity and focus, athletic performance. Yo, and just per, like, I always talk to your doctor about this stuff, but I'll tell you my personal experience. When I cut out the sugars, I definitely felt like I had more energy. I felt like more mental clarity. I, it, I think it really did, did work tremendously. Keto Elevate, personally, it's my favorite MCT powder on the market today. And this is true because uh, someone brought some over that was different and we tried it. Not a fan. You'll get free shipping on every order. And for every order today, Biotrust donates a nutritious meal to a hungry child in your honor through their partnership with NoKidHungry.org. To date, Biotrust has provided over 5 million meals to hungry kids. Please help Biotrust hit their goal of 6 million meals this year. You will also get free VIP live health and fitness coaching from Biotrust's team of expert nutrition and health coaches for life with every order and their free e-report, the top 14 ketogenic foods with every order. I cut out the bread and the sugar and I've, I've never felt better. So check out eatrightandfeelwell.com. Shout out to Biotrust. And also don't forget to head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly. And as a member, not only are you supporting our team of journalists who write the news and fact check it every day. And of course, we are NewsGuard certified. That's right. You'll also get access to our uncensored after show at 11 p.m. Those go up Monday through Thursday. And we're going to have a really good time tonight with a lot to talk about. Because joining us today, we have a couple really awesome guests. We have, uh, also, real quick, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. And joining us today, Devin Nunes. Great to be with you, Tim. 
Who are you, Devin Nunes? I am a confidential human informant for the FBI and also Moonlight as CEO of True Social. Oh, is that first one true? We never know. Well, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to assume it's true. Yeah. I, don't I heard I mean, there's lots of conspiracy theories going on right now, so I might as well start a new one. I heard you can that's teleport. That's that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that later, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can. He that's can, right. Yeah. I mean, the only way the only way you, you can't teleport, the only way that would be true is if the news was wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're never wrong, so clearly you can teleport. Uh, we also have, returning to the show, Derek Harvey. Good to be here. And who uh, are you, sir? Uh, Derek Harvey, retired colonel, a candidate for... Washington County Commissioner, and I used to work for Devin Nunes as his lead investigator. And he can also teleport. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's multiple stories about you guys teleporting. Yeah, I'm impressed. You guys got to tell me how to do that. Yeah. We also have. We even uh, got pictures on our phones of oh, nice. us being in two places at the same, same time. time. <laughs> well, uh, either that or the media's wrong. We also got Luke Rudkowski. Uh, FBI informant, you say? <laughs> get away from me there nervous. a little bit. My name's Lukardowski of wearechange.org. Good to be back today. I'm wearing a new representation of Uncle Sam, but instead of Uncle Sam, it is an IRS agent saying we want your cut of our we want our there cut you of your six hundred and one dollar <laughs> Venmo transaction. If you like the shirt, you could get it on the bestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. That shirt is awesome. I was telling Luke that I kind of need one of those later on. So I'm excited to get into the news today. Thrilled to have Devin and Derek. Let's get going. So the first story we have is an update on what's happening with Mike Lindell. This story was crazy. It broke last night. You know, we're sitting here trying to do this show. I'm trying to talk about Ariel because the new movie, she's (laughs) black. And there's a big controversy. And then all of a sudden, Luke is like breaking news. We got to check it out. Mike Lindell had his phone seized by the FBI. So we have some updates. Post Millennial reports the search warrant shows Mike Lindell phone seized in identity theft, damage of protected computer investigation. The search warrant for the phone seizure reveals that it was taken over identity theft and damage. Okay, they're just repeating themselves. They say, uh, we know this. Documents posted by Lindell reveal the reported reasoning with a page titled items to be seized, reading that the physical cellular telephone assigned number redacted. Lindell cell phone and all records and information on the Lindell cell phone that constitutes fruits, evidence, or instrument instrumentalities of identity theft, as well as intentional damage to a protected computer and or a conspiracy to commit identity theft and or to cause intentional damage to a protected computer. That's just crazy. I was talking to a guy earlier today, regular guy, you know, just a regular guy. And he said, how are they getting away with this? How did they go after, what, 40 subpoenas targeting Trump allies? And I, I just want to add to that. You'd think, I mean, we're going on, what, year seven of hoaxes targeting Trump and his allies. How does this keep happening? Why hasn't it stopped? It seems to be getting worse. But um, we're, we're lucky enough to have, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, Devin and, and Derek, seem, seemingly the experts on this, on what's going on. So you tell me, man, how do they keep doing this? How is it? How, how are they getting away with it? You know what's interesting uh, about Lindell especially is that uh, he's a brilliant guy. I don't know if he's ever been on your show before, but he's absolutely brilliant. He's a brilliant marketer and passionate guy. And he's the freaking my pillow guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he, he's funny. Everybody knows who he is because he's been on TV for so long. But I will tell you that this is, this actually really happened. So I don't want people thinking that I'm really, I'm a FBI informant, <laughs> but I was talking to him just in the last, I don't know, about, about a week ago, and I was, I was laughing because I was actually just trying to get some pointers on True Social because we're, we're, we're beginning advertising. And I asked him, 
you know, you know, because he, he always wants to talk about election issues, which is which is fine. I mean, he's very passionate about it. And we were talking about the January 6th commission and, you know, how, you know, I had said, look, what I've said from the very beginning of that is, is that, you know, rioting's not okay, breaking in the Capitol's not okay, but where's the 14,000 hours of, of videotape? And he tells me, you know, that I've never gotten, this is what Mike Liddell told me just, just a week ago, and I'm paraphrasing, but I've never been contacted by anyone for any of this, you know, for all the stuff that he's, that he said out there. So, and then <laughs> just he shouldn't have went to that Hardee's, I right, guess. Right. Hardee's mm-hmm. is a yeah. bad well, place to well, go for that. Well, Tim, trying to answer your question here, the first thing I thought about was in 2017 on MSNBC, Chuck Schumer went on national television and said that the intelligence agencies have, quote, six waves from Sunday to get back at you. And he was hinting at the intelligence agencies doing a revenge plot against Donald Trump. Do you think there's some merit to this, especially from your information from the inside, that there that this is the intelligence agencies hitting back against Trump with the battles that were happening within the White House? Well, well they were already weaponized. Before that. So when yeah. Schumer says that, remember, so he probably already knows because it was the Democratic Party Clinton campaign that paid for this whole operation that probably started in 2015. So Schumer probably already knows when he makes that very infamous statement that, you know, of course, is seen by 30, 40 percent of the country, but the rest of the country doesn't know it exists. Also, I would just what are the things that the FBI has chosen not to do? I mean, they're looking at identity theft and putting resources into that when they didn't touch the Hunter Biden laptop. They didn't look at the thousands of assaults on federal officers in Portland and other places during 2020. The Chinese, they're pulled back from investigating Chinese financial crimes and ripping off billions of dollars from American individual investors. I mean, one could go on. The yeah. Maxwell client list? I could go on too. Sorry. Yeah, I, just absolutely. Need, I just needed <laughs> yeah. to inter- interrupt you. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, well, well just... I'm only here because I know that there's one person at this table that's been to Epstein Island. <laughs> That's correct. I have to explain myself (laughs) very carefully. I I, I didn't go as I'm tired of you explaining it. Think about it, did you? So I love introducing Luke to people, and I'm like, he's been to Epstein Island, and and then everyone just gives him this look like uh, side-eyed, like look at this. What was it like? What was it like? Creepy, extremely creepy. Very. I was sweating, running around, trying to videotape as much as I could. Very bad juju. Very bad energy. Just to clarify, stormed the island after the fact. After to film was, and document yeah. what you know was there, not he was not an invited guest. Yes, Thank an you. amphibious <laughs> assault. Yeah, yes. that's right. Ran out of there, got chased out. But yeah. you got to see the look on people's faces when I'm like, "Oh, Luke's been to Epstein Island." And just like, their parties, face goes blank. And I don't even. The first time you did, you caught me. I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And then and then the people started <laughs> looking at me. I just anyway. So, so you're a Democrat. All the Democrats visited there. Not not always. Yeah. I mean, there were. I mean, if you look at a lot of the people, it's bipartisan when it comes to the oh, larger really? trafficking and extortion operation that was pretty much run by Epstein. A lot of Republicans, a lot of Democrats. I mean, uh, a lot of people intricately involved in our current political system, even Trump appointees that had to resign because of them giving the sweetheart deal to, of course, Epstein and and um, and letting him get away from for horrible, horrible crimes. And the FBI also.
also most notably was interviewing victims of, of his all the way in the 90s. And the FBI chose to ignore the victims, not help the victims that were coming forward as police officers, federal agents, prosecutors were all looking away and, and essentially aiding and abetting into what was, uh, was hurting children in unspeakable ways that we can't even describe here on this broadcast. So we have a pattern here. Absolutely. If you look at the gymnastic investigation, that went nowhere too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the client list still wasn't released and Ghislaine Maxwell went down for a crime where she had no clients. You know, which is absolutely mind-boggling. But she was, I don't, she I don't, was just like trafficking kids into like a boat and then kicking out into water and just walking away. Yeah. It was like just the, but we could talk about exile. intelligence agency c- corruption all day. I, I think it's interesting to see what's happening from the inside, especially from the intelligence committees. That's why I, you know I asked you that that question: how this is playing out, what's happening here is. What do you think is the motive here? Is it legitimately investigating a yeah. crime, or do you think this is well, a, a something bigger, something something more of a conspiracy? Yeah, I, I don't know how you know we can get into this right now. Um, maybe talk about it later too. But we thought, at least when when we unraveled the the Russia hoax at the very beginning, so we're talking 2017 and 18. We thought at that point that we had been able to effectively kind of solder the the wounds stop the bleeding you know molar the molar nonsense with heart with um his top lawyer uh andrew wiseman Wiseman. we thought okay we stopped all that Barr came in durham came in and i'm sure we'll get to the durham investigation at some point too but we thought at least the lovebirds were gone struck page Mm -hmm, all of that And Ray was at least saying the right things, that there'll be some healing period, we're trying to do everything right. He always said the right things. But clearly what, it, what has happened is that there has been a, a Gestapo-like get Trump crew that's been created within the National Security Division uh, of the Department of Justice and the FBI. And look, we kind of know that now because if you were involved in the Russia hoax, the, the pre-planning and the implementation in 15 and 16, you now got a promotion and you're at the top levels of the Department of Justice right now. So, so that really happened. And then, you know, this whole Tibu guy that, that came out that was escorted out a couple weeks ago, FBI guy, uh, you know, he, what, what they're doing is they're running it with the National Security Division. And this, and this is important for the audience to know. There's a division in there called counterintelligence. And the way the rules and the regs work is within counterintelligence, they're able to wall everything, everybody off within the FBI and DHA. Say, oh, counterintelligence investigation, can't talk about it. You know, and that's how they effectively hid a lot of this from us, which I, we'll probably get into this later, but that's why and why I made the joke at the outset. This is why they brought Danchenko, who was the fake, phony Russian source for the dossier. It's why the FBI brought him in was to hide him from Congress, hide him from our investigation. You know what your biggest challenge is? There is so much to understand to unravel everything that's happening mm. that the average person can't absorb it in a few minutes. Right. You know, I that's mean, why I came on the show because it's like two hours plus. So. Two hours. Yeah. So we'll just get a list of names. We'll go through it. We'll, we'll give everyone's bio. <laughs> Have you ever seen those crazy maps yeah. like the charts? I was just going like, to say, let's get the like, bulletin board out yeah. there in the pins <laughs> yeah. right now. That yeah. Times has like a full blown poster of this thing with all the players. Nice. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the crime web with the red red yeah. yarn or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah it's, it's actually quite good. And it's important <laughs> to understand, it, it's not just the FBI here, as you mentioned, but the FBI also influencing the corporate media and large institutions like Wikipedia and the Washington Post that were playing defense for the intelligence agencies, regurgitating everything they were saying, criticizing, attacking you for calling out the, the clear lies, clearing out, the, and then also oh. journalists. 
I was listed on a Washington Post uh, story as, as fake Russian news because I didn't believe, I, I wanted to see evidence of this Russian collusion. I said, okay, if you think that there was Russian collusion, let's let's present us some, with, with some evidence, but we can't believe the intelligence agencies since, of course, they lie routinely to the American people. They lied about WMDs. They lied about so many different things that I could mention here. Iran-Contra, we could, we could keep going on and on and on. And I was like, there's no reason to believe these guys. Because of that, I was well, put on a list. I was ostracized and I was depersoned from Wikipedia for even asking questions. Well, now what they've become very good at is they just control the whole process. So, you know, not too far away from here uh, in, you know, in the Washington, D.C. Beltway, it's become bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and Colonel Harvey can tell you that that's been probably the biggest downfall. We created this, this new superstructure after 9-11. We brought a lot more bureaucracy in, a lot more bureaucrats, and we're so much less focused on actually you know, finding and taking care of, of hard targets that are definitely a danger to the United States. And everything can now be manipulated. Because remember the quick answer for everything now is, we're gonna have a DNI do a report. Well, of course, if it's a report that supports the, the Democrats or the left, it always comes out exactly the way that they want it to come out. And of course, if it's a report that actually goes after the Democrats for their you know, whatever it may be, like for the Rush Oaks, for example, it took the inspector general two years to come out with this. Then it took Durham to be appointed. And now Durham's had two indictments. And now we're still waiting. Yeah, there was a New York Times article about that today saying that the Durham report is not going to lead to anything substantial. Do you think the New York Times perspective on it is correct? Or would you question that new article that just came out? I don't know if you're aware of the article. Well, I don't read fake news. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually don't even push on you know the, the, the websites except you know if they attack me, then I'll evaluate it and and see what it is. But but look, I, I've actually and Colonel Harvey maybe has a different opinion than me, but I've actually been very supportive of the Durham investigation because it's the only investigation that I've seen in my entire two decades that I spent in Washington with zero leaks, and that gives me quite a bit of confidence. And he's. And he's got to a lot of information that we didn't even get to. One of the things, the New York Times gets its information from FBI sources. The FBI uses the New York Times, Washington Post. They put a story out there, and then they use that story in the New York Times to start an investigation. It's amazing, isn't yep, it? Yep, absolutely. And it, it's, it goes like that. And there's that relationship. You guys we, talk about it all the time on, on this show. You guys talk yeah. about narrative building. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all it is. It's That's narrative game, building. Man. I'm interested to see what happens with the Durham investigation, but I got to be honest, it's it's taken so long. We haven't seen a whole lot that, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith, but I wonder if maybe the reason we're seeing them go so heavily now after Trump allies, these 40 subpoenas, could it be because they're worried they're running out of time? Well, look, if, if you want to, let's talk about the Mar-a-Lago raid, because, you know, all roads, you can keep, you know, keep it simple. All roads basically re lead back to Russiagate. I mean, okay. pretty much all roads mm -hmm. lead to Russiagate, right? Even the impeachment hoax on, you know, on Ukraine was still Russiagate, same players. So if, if you've had Cash Patel on the on this show before, so the one thing that we learned throughout our, our investigation is, is that the FBI, DOJ, they love to use fake news to go into their affidavits, into their warrants. Well, the first thing I noticed when I read that affidavit, and, and you know, the inspector general has said you shouldn't do it, and then when that when the when they released the warrant and the affidavit, there was two stories essentially. That was all that was the only thing unredacted were two news stories. Now I've never seen FBI DOJ in all my time 
ever use a Breitbart story, right? Because they consider Breitbart to be fake news. But for the first time in my life, they use Breitbart, right? And in it was Cash Patel. And Cash Patel, they completely take what he says out of context. What he says is that he's seen the intelligence reports relating to the Russia hoax that were that were declassified and we've never seen. They basically misconstrue that. We don't see everything below it. But what Cash is clearly talking about there is he's talking about the documents that I've seen, Derek's seen, we've all seen. We didn't see them at Mar-a-Lago. We saw them when we were in Congress or we were at the, or, you know, at the CIA. Or, or, at, or at the White House. We saw all those documents. They're supposed to be declassified. They're using that out of context. They're, they're right. using to, to just to play these games. And the other story, w- w- of course, was a local news agency that saw some white vans pull into right. Mar-a-Lago. Saw that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving boxes or something. Yes. Back to Durham real quick, Tim. You know, I, I worry that Durham is going after people like Deschenko and a Klein Smith for false document issues, but he's not going to go after the root of the problem, which is in the FBI itself. The Trump sleeper cell, or maybe not. It's the National sleep. Security Division, yeah. and their enablers over at the DOJ. Yeah. How worried should we be? I mean, are we going to see Republicans win in November and then maybe do something about this? Or are they not going to be able to do anything until the executive branch changes? Look, I I think for the first time uh, that I've seen, people are really pissed off out there. I mean, just, you know, I travel across the country and you see it. I mean, people are really, really concerned and they should be. I mean, I would have never I can't say that it that it shocked me that they raided Mar-a-Lago. But. Man, this is really banana republic time. I want to I show you guys this story from uh, the Daily News because it's kind of silly, but it's also kind of freaky. Hardy's seizes on Mike Lindell's FBI drama to sell pillowy biscuits. No joke. The fast food chain, what, what is this? Hardy har har. Thanks, Daily News. Mm-hmm. Fast food chain Hardy's seized on being included in the headlines about alleged confiscation of MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell's cell phone with an ad promoting something the bombastic businessman might enjoy. Now that you know we exist, you should really try our pillowy biscuits. <laughs> Lindell, a spirited conspiracy theorist who has worked tirelessly, blah, blah, blah. The point here is we're at the point where fast food chains are making memes of the collapse of, of our country to sell fast yeah. food. The, the, those biscuits are a little tasteless, yeah, uh, in so my dry. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I make jokes, references to, to gulags just kind of being sensationalistic and hyperbolic. But... Am I that far away? I mean, where do you, where do you see the, the road ending with this? Because we see the groundwork being laid down by Hillary Clinton, by Joe Biden, by Kamala Harris, by uh, Congressman um, uh, Tim Ryan today, saying very hyperbolic statements against, uh, you know, the, the MAGA Republicans. Where does this end? Because I think they just started, and I think they're well, just laying down the groundwork for something very serious that could be very dangerous well, for everyone. The White House spokesperson said that if you disagree with them, you're an extremist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they are trying to criminalize all political disagreement. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a happy warrior, and so I don't want us to all go out and jump out of the building here. Um, I, you know, I just think that this is, but it is very, very serious, without question. You know, we are at a time when, when where we've never been in this country. And I think if people don't take it seriously, which I think they are across the country, but I can guarantee you the Beltway, 
doesn't understand what's going on. They don't understand the anger when you get out to the, this. I mean, look, you're not very far outside of oh, uh, it's it's MAGA country swamp. here, and you can tell. I mean, you know, people. I was at, I was at an event earlier tonight. I mean, people are scared. People are pissed, and 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 that's what's happening. So you have essentially a split in this country. It's not so much red states, blue states. It's city states versus the rest of America. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just depends. Like here in Maryland, you know, it's a blue state largely because Baltimore, right? right? And, and the outs, the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Everywhere else, red and red. getting redder. Excellent. And yeah. the, same, the same thing is, is true in, in my part of California, uh, where I'm from. You know, I'm halfway between L.A. and San Francisco. So, look, I... I want to be positive. I want to believe in the Constitution. I want to, but, you know, clearly, you know, look, I left Congress, you know, not because I, 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 you know, I needed a new job and Trump didn't need a new company, but it's pretty bad when I got to leave Congress solely because I believe that the communications platforms are so broken that we have no way to get our message out. We can't even communicate with one another. And we're in the middle of a propaganda war that's destroying this country where it's pushing city states getting moving hard left. And everybody else moving hard right, and that hard and the and the and the and when I say hard right, meaning you know conservative, where they can't even communicate with one another, and we're constantly dealing with with fake news and censorship. I don't, I don't even think it's uh, moving hard right. I mean, my politics are basically in the same spot they've always been, except on Second Amendment. I think for a lot of people, especially people in my situation, it's that the left has just continually gone further and further left. Elon Musk posted that meme. You saw it, I'd imagine, where... Do you see this one? It's like left and right, and then a few oh, years later, moves. left and yeah. move. But he's staying in the same spot, and it's just moving further and further left. The left likes to use that and say, see, this proves it. If you still believe the same things you did 10 years ago, you are conservative. You're traditionalist. You're not progressive. That's their argument. So they're actually saying, yeah, we agree with that. You are now on the right. It has changed. But I got to tell you, man, what's really scary is I know people that uh, I used to consider friends, and they've gone insane. They've, they've actually gone insane. The things they believe, they believe every hoax from the media. They believe Justice Millett. Whoops, that was a hoax. They believe the Russiagate stuff. They believe hands up, don't shoot. They believe the Ahmed Arbery story. They believe the Trayvon Martin stuff. They believed all of that. And even after all of that, the Covington Catholic kids, even after all of that is debunked and the media is shown, they still believe it. We know those stories are fake. They still believe the lies every day. Right. And they're full of anger is the crazy thing. The messages I see on, on, on Facebook, you know, there's a few people I've known my whole life who still, like, they're, they're very liberal. They're very anti-Trump. But they still talk to me and they still listen to me and they go, oh, well, I didn't know that. And good friends. But I know some people that they've gone nuts. And I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have, have experienced the same thing, like people who have become totally just, I don't even want to say Trump derangement. It's like, it's it's right-wing derangement but it's not even that it's if you're outside of the cult they just believe whatever they're told by the media yeah well maybe a good uh, example for you is this so when i when i went when i was elected to congress 2002 bernie sanders was in the house of representatives a lot of people forgot that that he was actually a member of the house for a very long time and i remember a lot of the first votes, I'd, I'd look up on the screen. You know, there, there's always a lot of votes, and you know, a lot of them are are a lot of bills that, that get that get through. They don't always become law, but they're you know, sometimes they're just messaging bills. But you would have something like, you know, baseball and apple pie, some some feel good thing, and you'd look up on the screen, and there'd be like 20 no votes. Like, okay, and I, who are those people? 
and it would be Bernie Sanders in this hard left wing caucus. And it was constantly, they were like, you know, equivalent of backbenchers, like you would see in a parliamentary system where they just didn't have any friends. Nobody really took them serious. The Democrats laughed at them, right? Because at that point, I had friends on the other side of the aisle, people that I would talk to, and they oh, that's the crazy people, you know? And now they're in charge. They're in charge. And there's, yeah. I mean, there's not 20 that aren't, you know, full-fledged Marxists in one way or another. Wow. Or at least they have to pretend that they are. And that's right. really what this is. It's all about power. It's all about how do you get and keep and hold power. And that's what I saw during my time in, in Washington. And I got to the point where, like, when I, I knew we were in trouble, and, and, you know, I was one of the first guys to go to Parler, and I was one of the first guys to go to Rumble, because I caught the the fake news and the and the social media companies shadow banning me. So I went to these new platforms because and I and I realized quickly like, man, I grew like followers like no tomorrow. And then of course Parler got nuked by the by big tech yeah, and, crazy. and the and the rest is history. How is that legal? It was it was it was collusion. It was it was it had to be some kind of, you know, there's got to be some kind of antitrust action or something to stop this kind of collusion in the market. Yeah, but then they went to court. I I don't know where those cases are now, but you know, you have to go. In many cases, they go to court in their home in their home court. So even the court, this has even reached the courts. But where's the DOJ and the FBI investigating this and subpoenaing and going in and confiscating cell phones and computers and laptops? Okay, yeah. to build a case to look for the crime, to look for the crime. Yeah. Well, look, we had. I mean, look, it ultimately ends up with Supreme Court justices something leaking unprecedented history, a decision pre leaks mm. out right that we still haven't got to the bottom of and then they're out protesting and threatening supreme court justices homes which should be illegal when it comes from uh, you know all the work you've done who has more influence and power uh, the intelligence agencies or big tech social media and oh. do the intelligence agencies affect big tech social media so so remember the intelligence agencies aren't what is is corrupt here it is the the people at the high echelons of the Democratic Party operandis that are running those intelligence agencies, right? So they control all the levers of power. Does that make sense? This is not, it's the Democrats. And the Democrats are then sending messaging to the fake news, right? Because all the fake news, they'll come out, boom, one day, narratives out there over and over again, they, they pound away. And then... But then what you know, happened with Trump? It's tough to tell with it. And then but, they, but Trump was in office and then the intelligence agencies were working against him. So, you know, it, yeah, yeah, because because he didn't control. No, that's got to Republic, We have no yeah. we have no power. I mean, when Republicans yeah. get in, they can't control it anymore. It's like an it's, it's because what happens is they put their people in, they burrow them in. Right. But I mean, you're, you're saying that the FBI, that, that these intelligence agencies or at least parts of them have gone rogue. Well, the recruit, well, no, they're just they're, Yeah, they've been recruited. They don't answer to the commander in chief. Then. Oh, yeah. They've basically gone rogue. They've yeah. recruited and they promoted and retained people that fit a political narrative that come from a certain type of school, that think a certain way, that reflect the woke agenda. And in this last Congress, we saw the Democrats trying to push that type of woke recruitment and ideological perspective throughout more of the intelligence agencies, okay, mandating it. And look, part of the reason why is it, it's, it's hard to get, we talked about city-states a little bit ago. It's hard to get Republicans to say, boy, I'd really like to go make a career and live in Washington, D.C. 
and burrow myself in, get connected, go to the Brookings Institute, write reports, go work for Congress, become a lobbyist, and always working. I mean, Republicans, for the most part, don't want to do that, right? They want to live in rural Maryland, right? Or they want to live in, in you know, rural America. But just back to the question, who has more power and influence? Well, I would say that they're all one, I guess, is Got the it. short answer. Yikes. Yeah. No, they're, I, they're, they're all kind of one. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's well, something we, I've been we, saying for, for years now, and a lot of people don't understand that there really isn't much of a difference when it comes to the decisions, the major ones that they make. Well, they, now, now we're getting uh, evidence in these, these lawsuits that the, the, the federal government was instructing, directing big tech to censor people they didn't like. Right. Yep. right. And it's, it's been a cascade. We've gotten a little bit here, and now it's, now it's full swing. Now we've got emails where Alex Berenson, is that his name? That's a journalist, right? Yep. Yeah. Where they're like, why hasn't he been yet, banned yet, Twitter? And then Twitter's like, okay, and then he gets banned. Dr. Like, Fauci, on, man. Dr. Fauci paired accounts got yeah. hit because the White House demanded right. them to. Wild. That is absolutely crazy. Hey, I think you guys, I might have heard you guys talking about this the other day, but, but there's some, and this sounds ridiculous because, you know, you know, but I'm a you know guy that's been in political business and now, and now uh, you know, running True Social, so I, I'm not attuned to this stuff like you guys are, but I had never heard of this guy named Andrew Tate, mm. okay? Yeah. I'd never heard of the guy before, right? I mean, until like a few weeks ago. And how is it possible? It, it, it's it's very similar to the parlor thing, right? Where overnight parlor boom gets nuked by 30, 40 companies, right? They get canceled by everyone. Well, the same thing, I never heard of Andrew Tate guy, but it's so odd that everybody canceled him. Like he got nuked from every platform within within what, 48 hours? Yep. It's collusion. Yeah, the, yeah. They, they they all live in the same area. They all work in the same area. Yes, yeah. e emails, pro uh, processors, website, everything got taken away from him. I want I want to talk to you guys about the fake news because this is a this is a really funny story and we have the ability to debunk it. Um, we have the story from the Times.co.uk. Quote: Just like a mob meeting. What? Trump's curious golf course confab sets tongues wagging. What was this? Donald Trump having a secret meeting on a golf course with no golf clubs. I wonder who was at this secret meeting. Well, Newsweek reports. Something about uh, rumors that those who joined Trump at the course, of course, were minority leader Kevin McCarthy of Fox News, Sean Hannity, and former congressman turned CEO of Truth Social, Devin Nunes. Wait a minute. Dun, dun, well, that's just rumors. What about this? Raw story. Correction. A previous version of the story alleged that Devin Nunes, Kevin McCarthy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, what about this Daily Dot? You know, the Daily Dot just points out with a, with a tweet. They don't actually state it themselves. He has been he has, he has not been photographed golfing. He's photographed with McCarthy, Nunes, Eric, trustee, Hannity and others standing in the rain on a golf course with no clubs and no golf shoes. Apparently, that tweet was enough to get raw story to report that it was a fact and for Newsweek to run the rumor that these people were there. This would have to mean, uh, Mr. Nunes, that you can, in fact, teleport. Yes. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm there. If you look in the tree, see that picture there? In the tree. In the tree. If you just <laughs> okay. look behind there, like I'm, yeah, you that can't. Right there. Yeah, 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 that's me. Yeah, that's it? Yeah. That's yeah, it. So, that's so, suit. See, they, they, they were close, but wrong. So um, this is funny so, because this story went viral. They claimed all these people were there. You weren't there. No. In fact, it was, it was so I was actually commuting from California back, back east, and I was actually headed to Washington, D.C., and I had a long delay in Dallas. At the Dallas airport, it got, you know, like everybody's getting now, but I ended up supposed to be there two hours. I was there like six hours. So you're in Dallas. Um, how did you feel when you found out you were actually in D.C. on a golf course? Well, that's at night. All of a sudden, my phone blows up with these stories. 
And then I'm like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> and then I'm reading, and, and I don't even know what the hell's going on. And I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get on, and then I get on the airplane, and then and then I fly, and then I don't get into Washington till like it was actually two thirty when I landed, uh, a.m. And then the next morning, my phone is blowing up. I'm like, what in the hell is this? So yeah, I was clearly right there in those trees. Yeah, totally. so I was, I could, I was. At in Dallas and there at the same time. Magical. Well, people need to understand that the issue is if you if you jumped from Dallas to D.C., then the Paladins would track you down, um, tra- uh, tracing your jump scar, and uh, you know it'd be very dangerous for for jumpers like Devin. What's that from? It's from Jumper. Okay, okay. It's a movie about people <laughs> who can teleport. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who got that reference. Hayden Christensen, I think, was in it. He was the main guy, right? I don't know that movie. I was thinking of the the dude from the X Men that could teleport. Oh, morph? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not morph. Nightcrawler. Why yeah. did I think morph? Why did I say that? that was yeah, he was a good character, by the way. I don't know. He, he only made it in like a couple of the X Men movies. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. His fight scene in X Men Two was awesome. Yeah. Fighting and teleporting at the same time. Yeah. So this is amazing. But he like disappeared. Like he's not. He he wasn't in the well, the, the, the last the last movies. I is he not? In the, they rebooted I it. Only saw him like twice. I think he might be. You know, come. Yeah, he's a good character. Are they going to bring him back? I have no idea. Well, but, you, did um, you know Colonel Harvey is like a nightcrawler too? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because you guys were able to. It, this was a bigger jump. You went from uh, for, from where from Italy or from where were you? We were uh, we were meeting dirty Russians and Ukrainians, and where were we? V- Vienna. Vienna. We were in Vienna. Yes. Oh yeah. wow. So, so okay. Yes. <laughs> so the media claims sto- you were in Vienna. The story's still up, by the way. You can go to CNN. The story's up. I'm not not making this up. You can and the you, crazy left believes it. Yep, yeah. it's still up. It hasn't been taken down. Blue and on. There it is. Oh, yeah. is this one that Giuliani associate willing to tell Congress Nunes met with ex-Ukrainian official to get dirt in Biden? Yep, that's the one. This wow. is this is amazing. It's amazing. These yeah. journalists don't bother asking you; they just run it. I mean, I, I'm saying that more rhetorically. I don't know if they literally called you over this, but I've dealt with stories. What happens is one journalist will write a fake story. They'll wait 15 minutes. And then redact. They'll stealth edit it. But by then, all the other outlets will have already picked it up and take plausible deniability and say, we weren't, uh, there, there's no actual malice. We were just repeating what, you know, NBC or what, what this other outlet said. Yeah. So we assumed it was true. I yep. would love to go to Vienna, Austria. I've never been there, ever. <laughs> well, we know, we know this. So, so this story, actually, so these guys, so I, I sued CNN. And they skated Right. And so the fake news will report that I lost this lawsuit. But they what they do is they use technicalities. And so they they got a judge to agree that even though this all occurred and impacted me in Washington, D.C., you know, with intelligence agencies overseas and how they got out of it is they said that no California law applied and I didn't do my retraction notice in time. Mm. That's how they got out of this. That's why that story is still alive. CNN's California base. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented, never been done before. You're in California. That's a why. judge ultimately got transferred. The case got long story, but it got transferred to New York. And a, and a New York judge, Democrat appointed judge, said for the first time that I know of that California law applies to me, even though I was a federal official chairman of the House Intelligence Committee in Washington. But look, 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 that's how they it, get out of it. It's not just that. It's that the story is that Giuliani associate is willing to tell Congress that you did this. And they're like, well, that's a factual statement. It doesn't mean it actually happened. It means someone is willing to say it happened. That is, you want to know how it works? I love, I love this. You'll get a story. 
And it'll say, source close to Nancy Pelosi's office claims that, you know, she's planning to meet with Vladimir Putin or Donald Trump or something. And then people go, oh, wow, oh, wow, a source close to her office. And the source close to her office is a homeless guy sleeping in the alley. He is close to her office. That was all true. Can't sue him for fake news because it's literally the truth. And the truth is an affirmative defense. The funny thing about this guy is, though, this guy, these CNN and these reporters. So this is a guy named uh, Parnas. 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 Who, who, you know, he he had tried to like so so Colonel Harvey was my investigator, right? So when people would have, you know, when they would have things that they want us to look at, and you know, we would take all comers, right? So Derek would have to meet meet everyone. Well, this guy came to us and said, oh, he had all kinds of information. Of course, he didn't have anything, and so Derek met with him a couple times, and then this guy he was described by CNN as a wolf in sheep's clothing. So they know he's a he's a liar. He's now in jail, by the way. Yeah, he's now in jail. And this guy went on, and the Democrats would repeat this garbage right. about me, about Derek, and and they knew. So when you talk about teleporting, we were in, we were actually. It's kind of funny, uh, and we later were able to say this because I filed it in court. We were actually in Libya. So the so what must have happened is they leaked that they knew we were on international travel because we were traveling on behalf of the government, and we were the first. We were the first delegation. I think someone from Hipsy leaked it. Probably so. Adam Schiff's people. Yeah. But we were in we were actually in Libya meeting with Haftar, pretty damn dangerous place. We we're in Benghazi. Wow. We were in Benghazi and these bastards run, run this story and they run this story, you know, to, to just to, to just dirty us up. And they didn't bother asking you. Um, you know, I don't even remember if they did or not. I think they asked for an interview. But but what I do after 17, after 2017, when they accused me of being a Russian agent, like if you accuse me of being a Russian agent. Like until you retract that story, I don't talk to you. Yeah, okay. and with like Lev, I, I'm not going to talk to them. And with Lev Parnas, I investigated. I looked at all the information, made a few inquiries over a period of like six weeks because it wasn't constant. It's just intermittent over a t- period of time because you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I came to Devin. I said, "This is a dead end. This guy's not trustworthy." Yeah. And then and then they released. This is I don't know if you guys remember. This is when Schiff released my phone records. That's right. That's right. And, and, and yeah. um, also John Solomon, too, right? Yeah. A bunch that's, of people. He released a bunch too. of crazy. phone numbers. Yeah. So and, you know, we couldn't, you know, if you call back in the day, and, and this is how all members of Congress, I think, if they're doing their job, if somebody calls in, like if you were to call in to your congressman's office today, you know, hopefully you would get a call back within two or three days. And so the poor, so in this case, poor Harvey was, you know, this guy calls in. I tell Harvey to call the guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, these phone records are released as if Harvey's now done something bad because he's just calling somebody back that had information that said was relevant. That's his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that he, he released the private information of a journalist. Yeah. How That's about me? His colleague. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. But, you know. Have you had John Solomon on, by the way? Not yet. No, no, no. Not no. Yet. Well, he's, he's great. How was yeah. the trip to Libya, though? right that place isn't really uh known for its uh international visitors how would you describe it it kind of looked like a hellscape a little surreal a little surreal i mean slavery it kind of looked when we landed there there was like well the russians were on one side of the airport yeah strong start and um (laughs) and then but it did look like i thought i saw the devil out there with like a pitchfork and a sign that said welcome to hell oh now we got the conspiracy we're we're working with the russians we really went to benghazi to work with the russians there you go hard to hear well now you're admitting it how did russia come to be the the, the (laughs) villain you know 
Like, is it, is it because of the pipeline? Is it because of Gazprom? Is it because of Ukraine? Because I, I certainly think China's a bigger thing. Oh, no, they, they loved Russia. Okay, so this is the, this is the damn, like, everybody asked me, like, how did you know that the Russia stuff was, was nonsense? It was really easy. And, of course, the fake news has, has ignored this the whole time. So in 2013 or 12, 13, 14, the Russians were pushing Obama around. And remember, I'm on the Intelligence Committee. Um, I worked really closely with, with our Eastern European allies like Poland and, and Romania and others. And remember, the Russians, like, suddenly they were in Libya doing everything. Suddenly they were in Syria, Syria doing things. Suddenly they overtake Crimea with little green men. So, so I'm involved in all this. And we couldn't get the Obama administration to do a damn thing. You know, they would not do anything uh, to the, you know, to the Russians. They just wouldn't deal with them. So you can imagine, so in, two th- in, the, in the spring of 2016, and just for your time, the time reference, this is when the Obama-Biden administration are working with the Clinton campaign that begin investigating Trump and Republicans to tie them to Russia. Okay, I have no idea that's going on, but in the spring of 2016, I went out and made, which was a really you know, important statement at the time, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee said, look, the biggest intelligence failure since 9-11 is our failure to understand Putin's plans and intentions. So this is the biggest intelligence failure since then. So I say that at the same time that they are painting us with being some kind of Russian agent. So you can imagine after yeah. the election when they come and say, oh, the Russians were trying to help Trump and Republicans. What the hell are you talking about? You guys haven't done any damn thing about Russia. Well, well, I said, this is a lie. I've never because I, I was actually paying attention to what Putin was doing. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, well, Putin was building his sphere of influence and alliance with the Syrian government. But when Barack Obama was in, in power, there was even serious talks of Barack Obama potentially launching an invasion or an attack on Syria. And then it was uh, General Flynn that came out and actually whistleblowed and talked about how the United States was funding radical Islamists inside of that region. And I think there's been a massive payback against him for that. So there's a lot of uh, also complicated geopolitical uh, maneuvers in all of this. If you remember, I remember the Russians also intervened and sent their battleships to prevent U.S. warships from being off the coast of Syria, from potentially launching more missile strikes. I remember there was protests there. Um, what do you remember for that? T- what do you remember I, from that time? Because a lot of people thought we were very close to a war with Syria. I, I think you're. I, I think you're actually missing one of the most important uh, data points. Do you remember the time that that Obama leaned over before the election when he was running against Mitt Romney? And and at the time, uh, he was talking to the Russian president, which I can't think of his name now. Medvedev? Medvedev, Medvedev. yep. And and he's on a hot mic, and he says, tell Vladimir to wait till after the election, you know, or something like that. I'll have more flexibility. more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest issue. Collusion. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the classification narrative they're doing now. Because the implication is the president doesn't have the ability to declassify documents unilaterally. And the point I make is imagine the president of the United States meeting with the, the president of Russia and them saying it's time to negotiate a de-escalation of these nuclear weapons. And he goes, I wish I could, but I don't have the ability to declassify what our weapons are. So I can't tell you it's classified. Sorry. Maybe there's some higher authority in the United States that can tell me what I'm allowed to tell you and then we'll negotiate. That's an insane prospect. Well, that's what we <laughs> dealt with. I mean, that's why... People have to remember, in 2017, we knew nearly right away. I just went through the story of how I knew, why I knew. I knew they were full of shit. But I definitely knew 
that this was a problem when I found out that the Clinton campaign, you know, had paid for this dossier. And you know how long it took, you know how long it took for us to get that out to the public? We knew that for nine months. And you couldn't release it? No, if you remember, they were trying to investigate me. Yeah. Remember, they put me under an ethics investigation. Remember that? They were going after all of my team, all of our lawyers, everyone. So they were looking for any way. And remember, Trump is under investigation by Mueller, the Mueller witch hunt crew. So, I mean, they've got an army of G-men, DOJ, with a special counsel authority. I'm sitting there in Congress with, with under investigation because they said I was leaking, leaking intelligence. It took us that long to get that information out to the public. And if you go back in time, if you remember in that February timeframe of 2018, remember they said, he's gonna, people are gonna die if Nunes releases this memo, it's gonna be horrible. And then like the next day it came out, oh, this is no big deal, the Clinton campaign, everybody knew that. You know, and the, and they did, the fake right. news did know that right. the Clinton campaign, but none of us knew, the American public didn't know. The attitudes, Tim, is so similar to, remember Vindman when he was testifying, and he basically said, that the Maybe for the audience, though, Vinman, you got to. Oh, sure. Vinman was the lieutenant oh, colonel whistleblower. Yeah, right. you know, complainer that led to the Ukrainian impeachment issue, and he thought it was so important that the president was possibly betraying, you know, and doing things that the interagency didn't want. Vinman said that the interagency dictates what the president should be doing. It's not the president who determines foreign policy; it's the interagency. Yep. That's crazy. Do you think that Vindman is a useful idiot, or do you think he's willfully malicious? Both. Both? I was going to say an idiot yeah. who's malicious. Mm. That's crazy. The yeah. uh, He's not smart enough to be, like, he's not very talented, but he's definitely a useful idiot. But well, they wanted him to be he, the minister of, of defense for Ukraine, yeah. according to him. Yeah. Getting ready for Which, the but, war. But that's, that's what shows you he's a useful idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Those Ukrainians, they thought, here's a dumbass that we can bribe. Let's tell him that we want him to be the, the defense minister. So what, what, do you, what do you guys think about the uh, uh, Joe Biden, the, you know, if the prosecutor's not fired, that, that whole thing? I mean, do you, guys, do you guys know stuff that we don't? I've done uh, quite a bit of uh, <clears throat> research into the whole Ukraine gate scandal. Yeah. And it really does seem like right now, especially with Hunter Biden's laptop, that uh, Joe Biden's involved in illicit business dealings, that he's using his son as a proxy. That's what it seems like. And I have to wonder now with the the, the billions that are being dumped into Ukraine, is this Joe Biden paying Damn. good on his debts? I knew you were a Russian asset. That's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah, repeating yeah. Russian disinformation. Can that's I right. Yeah, I love, I just real quick, I love how Politico reported, I think it was in early 2017, that Ukrainian officials colluded uh, uh, to help the Democrats win the election. We're embarrassed and scrambling now that Donald Trump won. And then a few years later, one of their reporters said, actually, that story was Russian disinformation, yet they still haven't retracted the initial report. How can your outlet simultaneously report both things? Yeah. Amazing. I mean, look, they haven't retracted that report, the one that's still up on on the screen there. Yeah. Uh, Real quick and Burisma timeline. I'd just like to run through it real quick for you because I think it matters about the, the call for firing the prosecutor. The White House under under Obama had a conference with Ukrainian officials in late January. And on the offsite of that conference at the old executive office building, they were addressing corruption, and they asked the state prosecutor representatives there to back off the Burisma investigation. A week later, back in Ukraine, they conducted a raid of the Burisma headquarters and the president of the Burisma company's home. 
that led to at least eight phone calls over the next 10 days between President Biden and President Porchenko of Ukraine, which then subsequently led to a trip coordinated by Eric Chiramella to Ukraine where they put the, the hammer down saying, we need the investigation of Burisma ended. They masked it under corruption, saying that the attorney, the state's attorney was corrupt. That's when they threatened to withhold IMF funding. That same prosecutor that they're asking to be fired for corruption had gotten an award from the United States at the end of 2015 for being a stellar prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, look, if we would have, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop, I mean, if, 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 if you and I and your team here decide tonight that we're just going to start doing crack cocaine, bringing some prostitutes or whatever, the FBI would be knocking on your door tomorrow morning. Yeah, lying on our taxes, lying on the government uh, gun form. Throwing a gun in the garbage outside of a school? <laughs> what, yeah. Behind a school yeah, or show, something? That's crazy. Show some guns here, do some crack. And take, they'll, take, they'll, take, and they'll take, be here in 24 hours. Here's here's a big story that's uh, almost uh, what's over five years old now, almost oh, six years crazy. old from Politico. Ukrainian yeah. efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. You heard it right here from News Guard certified Politico. 100. With 100. 100. Yeah. 100. Oh, yes. Check it out. And they say wow. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a political investigation found. Kenneth P. Vogel and David Stern. Yeah. How is this story still on Politico when they later came out? I think it was Politico EU was reporting from, I, I believe it could be wrong, Natasha Bertrand saying this story was in fact Russian disinformation. <gasps> Yet it's still up right now. Yeah, and we, we, Derek and I, we know a lot about this uh, this story because we brought this story up over and over and over again during the Ukraine impeachment hoax. I mean, this is one of the stories that proves that it's a hoax. The whole the whole right. first impeachment of Trump was a hoax. It was. I mean, they accused Trump of what they had done. Exactly. So Joe Biden, I love this. We had a, we had a guest on the show. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the courtesy of re, re, not saying his name, but people know who it was. We had this younger guy. He was like an anti-woke guy, and then he went liberal. And we're sitting down, we're talking to him, and I said, Joe Biden sitting at his meeting. What was it, Luke? Was it Atlantic Council or was it CFR? Um, with uh, Joe Biden talking about the, yeah, the, the big thing? Yeah, that was CFR. With, CFR. Uh, with Council Richard Haas, the, the president of the CFR. Look at this guy. Yeah. He's like encyclopedia yeah. on these meetings. The CFR, so, bad, bad people. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Biden says, I told them, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars. And they said, what? You can't. You have no authority. He said, call the president. See what he says. Six, he said, I look at my watch. You got six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired. You're not getting the money. Well, SOB. Guy got fired. And I'm like, so an illegal quid pro quo? The vice president has no authority to override certified loan guarantees from the U.S. government. He can't do that. He did it. They accused Trump of doing that. Trump never asked for anything. But this is what Joe Biden literally did. Amazing. And here he is now sitting as president. Yeah. So Donald Trump stumbles upon this. In my opinion, I don't think Trump knew all that much about what was going on. I think Trump saw a Twitter video of Joe Biden saying this that went viral because the phone call transcript was funny. He's like, what is this thing, you know, with Biden saying the loans? You know, why don't you look into that? Right. He didn't even know what he was talking about. And then they probably panicked like, no, we can't have him digging into that. Impeach, impeach. It's amazing. Biden was not running for office at the time. And the media ran with Trump is targeting his rival. 
What rival? Joe Biden? The dude is old and not running for office. Nobody thought he would. I, I, I think some people speculated he would run, but there was no definitive answer whether he would. But that's the angle they went with. Donald Trump stumbled upon some very serious corruption. And I think people need to understand this. What's happening in Ukraine, I think, has long been planned. I was there on the ground in, in the end of 2013. And I think into early, I think it was, it was end of 2013 when the Maidan protests were starting. Then it was a few months later. I had left. They ousted Yanukovych. This was, this was an escalation that had been happening quite a bit. Russia was, took, takes Crimea. Donald Trump gets elected. Everything stops. Donald Trump loses. Joe Biden is now president. Russia conflict Ukraine starts up again. It's amazing how that happened, how if you just use a, a modicum of common sense that when, when Barack Obama is in office, this, this conflict is, is escalating. Joe Biden is, is shaking down this country. And then when Trump said everything stops. Yeah, and it's not just Biden that was shaking it down. I mean, Biden was one of the top guys shaking it down. But there's, there's so much, so many of these people in Washington, D.C. that represent these countries. I mean, we don't even know the half of, of, yeah. of, of how many people were on the payroll of these, these Ukrainians, both, think, both Democrats think, and Republicans. I, I think Ukraine is, what, a vassal state of NATO, of the United States. You know, uh, you, you, you've got Russia running the Gazprom pipeline through the country, jacking up the prices into Europe, causing a lot of problems. The U.S. wanted to build the Qatar, Qatar Turkey pipeline. Syria said no. The U.S. says, oh, look, lucky us. Bashar al-Assad is facing a civil war and we just happen to support the other people. It's, it's, it seems very obvious what the whole thing was really about and why they wanted to demonize Russia over China. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what did you think about Trump's foreign policy towards Ukraine and Russia? Because you made some assertions about Obama being kind of soft on Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think of Trump's job? Uh, what, how did he do? Because he was also the first president to send lethal weapons to Ukraine, which some people at the time saw as an escalation. Yeah, well, look... If you look at what if if you look at what Trump let's talk about the big picture and back up and then go back to the propaganda. So remember every time Trump would make a move they would say he's an idiot. Oh, I can't believe he said that. This is embarrassing. And you know, a lot of us were sitting back saying, "Well, wait a second. You know, we've been having these, you know, I would go to these meetings and, you know, I I spent a lot of time overseas. I mean, Colonel Harvey was was with me at a lot of these meetings. And we would go meet with some anywhere from our allies to okay people to some really bad people, you know? And I was just glad for the first time, because, you know, I was always as a, as a, you know, chair of a committee and, and top Republican, you know, you never want to go. We always kind of had a rule that, you know, the, the, the partisanship stops once we, once we leave the country. Right. And you try to put forth, you know, good faith effort overseas. So, you know, with, with Republicans, Democrats, you don't want to be fighting your political conflicts over there. It just makes for confusion. And, you know, I'd sit in those damn meetings with, I, I remember specifically sitting in a meeting with the Germans, knowing that they were, that they were shutting down their nuclear power plants and they were, they were getting ready to put this pipeline, additional pipeline in to be solely reliant on Russia. And I was thinking to myself, and I, and I always kick myself sometimes when you think I should have said something, I should have done something. And, um, and not that it would have mattered at the time, but I said, you know, you know, I felt like saying, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, and, and sometimes I'd have little sidebars like, what, 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 what are you, the hell are you guys doing with this? You guys are shutting down these nuclear power plants. This is, this is crazy. So when Trump goes over there and says, okay, cut all this bullshit out. Here's what we're going to do. 
why are you buying these? Why, why are you putting this pipeline? Why are you shutting down your nuclear power plants? You guys are crazy. Why aren't you putting in the money to NATO? I mean, you know how many times I would go to NATO and we'd sit there in these stupid meetings and everybody, you know, oh, you know, I can only put in 1.2%. I'm supposed to be put in two. I mean, this has gone on for three or four decades of these guys yeah. not putting in their money. Yeah, and, these guys. And, and so what Trump, remember, like that was just, like what he said was not crazy. It was actually just common sense. But they, they should be paying and they shouldn't be shutting down their nukes and they shouldn't be buying gas from Russia because if you do and the Russians decide to ultimately shut off your gas, now what the hell are they going to do? Now they got a hell of a mess. I mean, this thing could get really bad. But in, 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 in Germany, in, in, in Europe, this could get really bad if the Russians decide to shut this gas off here in the next two months. It's yeah. going to get bad because they're going to use winter as a weapon. But Trump offered American natural gas. You want gas? We'll provide it to you. He provided Eastern Europeans, especially the Poles, military assistance and, you know, weapon systems and things that the Obama administration had been denying. Built relationships with Romania and other countries. Okay. He focused on Russia doing things that the Obama administration didn't do. He was building up NATO and pressuring NATO, which the Democrats accused him of dividing NATO and weakening NATO. But he called them out and he got them to increase funding by $140 billion. Which still wasn't close to the 2%, but it was more than we had ever gotten out Right. I'm just imagining these NATO countries, they're like, I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a missile defense system today. And then every week it's just the same thing. You know, that, that famous line, who was that guy? The cheeseburger guy? You know? Mm. Was it Archie Comics? So so Come did on, you guys. agree with uh, with Trump's policy? Did, did you think he did a good job when it came to navigating Russia, Ukraine, and that situation, the way it's unfolding right now? And, and more importantly... Yeah, I mean, I think, look, probably the best thing that he did uh, overall was how he dealt with China. Yeah. Um, I mean, when he said he was going to put in those tariffs... I thought to myself, oh, shit, I've heard, I've heard this. Every, you know, I've been around Washington. Every president, oh, we're going to really get tough on China. And I'll be damned if he didn't do it. But, but specifically where we are now, and especially your work on the Intelligence Committee, how dangerous is the current situation that we're in now, especially with this kind of proxy war between the East and the West unfolding in Ukraine right now? Um, it kind of depends on – it's tough to get good analysis out, the, out, of, out of there, right? Yeah. So – Look, Russia could do some real damage to Europe this this winter. It's that's that's a serious issue that we just talked about. Secondly, it kind of depends on well, I think the Russians are, you know, have they lost 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, who knows what the right number is. Um but, you know, the Russians clearly thought they were going to go in there march to Kiev and that the Ukrainians were going to lay down their guns. And I will tell you that I mean, there's I think, number one, it's hard for them to, no matter how much they censor, there's still a lot of young people that they're, that really they're conscripts that the Russians are relying on. But, you know, they know that they know Ukrainians. They know each other. The Ukrainians never want to have the Russians back. I mean, they know oh, what yeah. it was like. Uh, the old. I mean, you have a lot of the old, the guys that are fighting for the Ukrainians right now are guys that were, that were in the Russian military. I mean, you've got guys that are 40, 50, 60 years old that were brought up and trained, you know, by the Soviets that are now running their military operations. The Russians are relying on a lot of conscript. They've lost if look, let's just call it what do you think? Only lost fifty thousand probably for sure? Probably. That's that's killed. We're not talking more, about all casualties, but they've yeah, lost 50, a lot. Fifty thousand would mean what, two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand casualties? I'm not sure it's that many given the lethality on the battlefield today, but going back just a minute 
the Biden administration basically invited them in to Ukraine by pulling, closing down the embassy, evacuating all Americans, and just basically saying, hey, Russia, you know, we're not going to interfere. We're not going to do anything. We don't want to have any problems. Take what you want and got out of the way. The fact that Zelensky and Ukraine fought and the Russians were incompetent created a stalemate and that forced their hand and the Europeans stepped up to the plate. I'm not sure who led. I'm not sure the Biden administration led on this. They're going to try and take credit for it anyway. But right now, one of the issues that are being is being talked about is, was Russia losing as badly as they are? And they're, they've been having some significant setbacks on the ground. What would trigger a tactical nuke or something else that would potentially lead to some other miscalculations? I think you'd do it. Yeah, Putin. Putin is, you know, and I've said this for a long time. This is, you know, I had always been a Russian hawk, and I would always say that anybody who thought they were going to get along with Putin, I mean, it was a fool's errand, right? And that goes back to Clinton, George W. Bush, McCain, you, know, you, you name it. All of these guys, senior level, and I always disagreed. Putin is a thug and always will be a thug. You can only deal with him, you know, with force. He only understands one thing: force. And what? So the idea that you would think that that now and now I don't think he's playing with a full deck. I mean, I didn't think that he would go into Ukraine because Me I said, either. why? Why? Why would you do that when you already know how to use the little green men? You can do this by attrition. So clearly, he's starting to. He's a brilliant guy, very dangerous, but he's getting something's not right there. And now, you know what the colonel said. I mean, this guy could use tactical nukes. I mean, I don't people. I mean, he's not going to let the rest of his guys get annihilated in Ukraine. And he's not going to lose. Even true. And people need to understand too that when many people imagine nuclear weapons, they imagine megaton bombs and these massive ICBMs and and MIRVs and things like that. He could be using nuclear artillery. They could use a low-yield, relatively, nuclear bomb that just decimates the central Kiev. That uh, w- what would happen to the morale of the Ukrainian soldiers if Putin were to fire a nuke? I think people would drop their guns and run full speed because what do you do at, at that level of war? Yeah. And that could eventually lead to, I don't know, Ukraine become— I, I, don't, I don't believe that it would result necessarily in mutually assured destruction. If, if Putin targets Ukrainian strategic locations, military and— the, there's some fear that he'll use nuclear power plants as standing nuclear weapons. If he targets them and uses lower yield weapons, I don't see NATO or the West responding with larger yield bombs against Russia. Well, Putin does not want Ukraine to exist if Russia does not own it. He'd like it to be a wasteland. Well, I think it's also important because there's a lot of uh, uh, energy being found, especially in the southern part, especially in the in in, in um, by by Odessa that the Russians want to control, and that's why they concentrated a lot a lot of their forces, a lot of their troops on the southern because they don't want Ukraine to become a petro state. Because if if Ukraine becomes a petro state, Russia is absolutely defeated and uh, screwed over in the long term in their trajectory. And I think you know there's a lot of interest here, there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of policy, there's a lot of history here, and it's fossil just bad. fuel. Are so old. Yeah, let's get with it. Let's get with the Biden administration. It's old news. Fossil fuels, oh. nuclear power. Are they doing? Are they, are they doing that? I'll take some new plants. Yeah, I, I think it's far more complicated. But I think the situation is so dangerous, and it, and I see so much escalation and and no real push for de-escalation or peace talks. And and I think it's such a complicated thing. There's no easy answer here. But to me, this is just absolutely well, re- reckless on so many levels. You know, I, I asked Luke this other day. You guys seem a little upset about this. Have you considered owning nothing and being happy? Yeah. 
No? No, not no, at all. No one own, own nothing? Never. No great reset for you? No uh, looking forward to just letting them take all your belongings? If I was going to do that, I'd go and become a Franciscan priest. <laughs> but. It seems like that's the way things are going. And it, and it makes me wonder about if there is an agenda towards the, a great reset. I mean, Klaus Schwab wrote a book about it. To what extent does the dude actually have the ability and the power to implement something like that? Speaking of resets, you're from Illinois, right? Yes. Illinois' new Safety Act. Yeah, okay, funny name. Huh? Where, where you can't even protect your own property. You know, trespassers can come in and camp on your property, on your front porch, and the police will not do anything? Yeah. I mean, what is yeah. going on? They're attacking property rights, values across the board it's in a, Illinois. You will own nothing and you will be happy. See, this is a, this is a good point. The Safety Act. You heard about this? They're saying, as you said, the police won't respond to trespassers on your property. And they're going to eliminate cash bail for most criminal offenders. Murder. Even murder. Okay, but you guys realize you're talking to a guy who's from California. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hold my beer. Uh, Chicago's... It's already happened here, huh? I mean, I can go on and on. You're, you're like, oh, the good old days. Don't let them do it to you, too. But this is another example you're talking... This is Chicago and the suburbs dictating to the rest of the state. Yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, we have... I always tell the story about people who haven't been to California recently. You see the pictures of the homeless. The, you see the pictures of the nuttiness in San Francisco. And you see the pictures in L.A. and all the all the popular places. But those places have always had homeless people. It's just that they've... They're, they're 10 or 15x. Where you didn't have homeless people were in the rest of the state. Or if you did, they were kind of your traditional hobo. Kind of, you, know, you have... Onesies, twosies, five, maybe. Well, let's let's around. let's real quick. Let's uh, let's break this down. Hobo means homeward bound, and it's a reference to people moving. And right. They, so they might be sleeping outside, but they're leaving. Vagrants, I think, are just you know derelict individuals who mill about. Vagabonds are uh, are travelers, and then a bum, I think, is somebody who doesn't work. So uh, you know, you get we got to make sure we yeah those no, terms right right, and that but that's traditionally what you had. Hobos. But you just had a few, a few of each one of that category. You just said, you know, like in my home city, you know, 65,000 people. And, you know, you just have a handful of people. And, you know, you'd, the police go out there, work with them, and churches would take care of them. And so I always tell people this. It was, it was not that long ago. It was, I think it was 2015. I have a church across the street from my house. And there were two homeless people that started living out there. And... But that was it. There was no, in the whole city, that was the only ones. I mean, there were a handful of others that people were in and out of homes. There was places that they could get to. And I remember all my neighbors saying, oh, my God, can you, these people are living right there across the street. And they were, the people were shocked. And you know, they went to the church and said, look, you can't have these people living across the street. And the church says, well, we're, look, we're a home for, you know, we're a church, so we got to, you know, help these people. Well, then the two turned into six and the six turned into 12. And then the church said, no solicitation, put, you know, so homeless people were gone from the church. And then, but they didn't go very far. And now in, in, my, in my home city, 65,000 people, what started with just a handful of homeless, okay, we now have estimated somewhere between five and 700 in my home city. Wow. But that's in every single city across California. So I call it. It's like zombie apocalypse. We are welcoming all these people here. They have their own governments. And so it's like Stockholm syndrome, right? I, I remember how I, I just gave the story. 2015, everybody's, oh my God, there's two homeless people across the street. 
to now there's zombies everywhere and nobody does anything. I mean, yeah. I've got literally South a football field away from me where I live. We've got a whole homeless encampment. I mean, I, I can't, my kids, you know, my girls can't walk over to the little, the little market, mini market, because they got to go through a homeless camp. So I, I made this point, I think it was Memorial Day. We went to the movies and there was not a soul in sight. The movie theater was empty. The arcade machines had been removed from it. This is a big shopping center in Frederick. And I'm walking around and I'm looking around. And I'm like, where, where are the people? No, nobody's here. Nobody's out. There's a pool hall. It's empty. Where'd everybody go? There's an ice cream shop closed. And it said, we're closed due to short staff. And I was like, where are the people? I recently went to, um, what city is, I can't remember the name of the city. I don't know. It's in West Virginia. And there's a diner at noon on a weekend saying closed oh, due to- Martinsburg. Martinsburg. Yeah. That's the one. Closed due to short staff. And then I was just like, where is everyone? And then Ian made a good point. And he goes, a lot of more homeless people popping up. And I was like, man, is that what's happening? People aren't working anywhere. They're losing their homes. They can't afford it anymore. And that's why the homeless population is increasing so much. I think what, what at least what you see in California, and, and we're getting them from all over the country, and, and it's really sad because a lot of them are a product of, of, of meth, methamphetamines. Oh, and, man, I started watching Breaking Bad. Yeah, their minds know are all about it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, you, you feel bad because there's not really nothing. These people are never going to be able to function in life, and they just kind of follow. I, I, I hate calling them zombies, but I don't really know what else to call them. They just kind of follow, and they have leaders. Methheads. And, um, yeah, but a lot of them aren't even doing meth anymore, I don't think. Mm. Crackheads. Yeah, they're just gone. Hunter Bidens. Well, heroin, fentanyl, whatever it is, yeah. you know, we got a big problem across the whole country with this. Well, It's you, a plague. Well, if you look at homelessness, a lot of it is usually correlated to it, not just drug addiction, but a, a mental health crisis. And I think that mental health crisis is getting worse and worse, especially by the numbers. When you look at depression, self-harm, suicide, those numbers have been going up dramatically. How do you how do you deal with this type of situation? And, you know, who do we blame? Do we well, blame Big Pharma for the opioid epidemic? Do we blame China for the fentanyl that makes it worse? Do we blame the fast food industry that's creating an, uh, a, a, a poor mental health? Do we blame social media that's also creating poor mental health? Do you blame legalization of marijuana across the whole country? Do you blame, you know, I mean, you could go on down the list, but is it, is the it, drug use across the board contributes significantly to the mental health issues because it does create damage to the brain and the functioning of a good segment of that population. Alcohol, though. Yeah. I mean, alcohol, I think, substantially worse than pot. Yeah. But prohibition didn't work. You know, yeah. and we were like, let's repeal that amendment. That didn't make sense. It's funny that we, I, I'm surprised, you know, learning about American history that they actually were actually able to get a, a constitutional amendment just to get rid of alcohol. Yeah, I, that's I, crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy that, you know, marijuana is still illegal in some states, but but doctors could prescribe legalized heroin and get people addicted <laughs> and hooked on for the rest of their lives. That's a problem right there that deserves to be called out. And yes, marijuana is being genetically engineered. There's a whole bunch of Frankenstein marijuana that's really bad, especially for children. But we, we can't start with prohibition. It never worked. It never has worked. But, but there is Look, something to say about how society has failed most people and most people are now becoming homeless or poor uh, more than ever. Yeah, I think what you say, I mean, all of these issues that we're talking about, there's, they're, all of them to some degree matter. But, but the challenge that we have in California is that, you know, I always tell people, stop, if you don't want bears, stop feeding the bears, mm. right? I mean, yeah. you, you, have to st you have to admit you have a problem and stop. And, and we're getting more and more and more of them. And there's so many things that have to be done to handle the problem but it is, I mean, look, nobody, 
every time I get on a plane, I just when I when I left California the other day, before I got stuck in in, in Dallas and then teleported to the secret meeting with with President Trump at the golf course. Before all that, it could have been your evil twin, though. Could have been or good twin. Are you the evil one? But continue. <laughs> but every time I fly, I get oh, I used to hey, you used to be my congressman back in the day, but you know I left to Texas like five years ago or three years ago. I mean, every time it's people that are still have business in California or whatever, but they've moved their headquarters to a different state. Wow. Well, the exodus is so, happening in Illinois too. Maybe it's a self-correcting problem. Mm. You let them run amok and go crazy for long enough, and people are going to be like, I'm out. How long before Illinois goes bankrupt? I don't know. How long? I mean, no. can the state go bankrupt? Well, the and, Fed, Biden will give him money. He'll find a way. Hmm. They'll find a way to just pump money into the system and keep keep the zombie state hopping along. Well, remember the... So in California, you know, we're going to be all green, right? Yet we're, we're not building any new ways to produce power in mass. In fact, we shut down a nuclear power plant. We were talking about nuclear a few minutes ago. And then they, we were going to shut down our last two reactors that are still supplying 10% of our power. So I don't know if everybody's paying attention, but you couldn't charge your car the other night. If you were that in California, fun. you had to, the, and the governor sent a message to everybody's phone saying, turn off your power now. Do you see the like Colorado when the thermostats couldn't be changed? Oh, There's no, I didn't Energy see that. crisis, your thermostat's stuck at 78. Well, that, that's if you sign up for that program, right? But people, this is the thing. They come to you and they say, do you want to sign up for our Smart Saver program? It's 100 bucks off your bill per year. Sure. Sounds good. All right, have a nice day. And then all of a sudden you can't change your thermostat. It's not like people knew they were signing up for that. Yeah. But now they, but, but they, until they feel pain. So now Newsom wants to run for president. He feels pain. There's, we're on the verge of blackouts all the time. And it's not just because of, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, it's global warming. It's like, no, you idiots. It always gets hot in California during the summer. I mean, it's not unusual for there to be, you know, big spikes in, in, in yeah, temperatures. It doesn't happen in Florida. I'll tell you, you know, you, you know what it is? I remember, You're right, it doesn't. I was in California during the drought in like 2015, and ain't nobody stopped showering. They were like, everybody, you got to limit your water use. And I knew people who were like, yeah, but not me. And that was the mentality of almost every single person. They're yeah. all running their long, hot showers being like, I don't care. Yeah, but the drought is, so if, So do you, now you're getting into my wheelhouse now. It's how I actually got in politics was because of this crazy water issue. So you realize that like LA, San Francisco, San Francisco is actually a desert. Nobody thinks of it as a desert. San Francisco. San Francisco is a desert. But what the Delta water is what keeps it alive? No. What keeps it alive actually was the, the, the founding fathers of the city realized they needed some really fresh, good, clean water. They went into Yosemite National Park, dammed up a valley, not as big as Yosemite Valley, but one that was a small mirror image of it just over the mountain range. They dammed it up. It's a dam called Hetch Hetchy. They dammed it up. They piped I, I, the water. Sorry, how do you spell that? Hetch Hetchy. H-E-T-C-H. Hmm, easy enough. Hetch, yep. Yep. Oh, Hetch Hetchy. Yep. Yeah, let's pull up the map. Oh, continue, yeah. continue. Perfect. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you keep that map up, so back in the turn around the turn of the century, I'm talking about 1900 now. The city of San Francisco figured out, hell, we don't have any water here. We got to do something because you can't drink the salt water in the bay, right? Yeah. So they they built that dam, created that lake, and they piped the water all the way over to San Francisco. All right, that's where San Francisco gets its water. Wow. Now, as the rest of the state developed, all these water projects were built. And there's actually plenty of water in the state. You just have to move it around. You have to keep it in the wet years and you have to move it around because it's not uncommon for California to go through. Everybody says, like you said, there was a drought in 15. Yeah. We have droughts like 
all the time. Like you, it's a you desert. Have, you have a LA's a desert. Yeah, you'll have you'll have a two wet wet years. You'll have four dry years. You have one wet year. But but my point to say all this is that is it this is a man made created crisis. Like the people of California knew that like when we had people with brains, they knew, hey, we better build some nuclear power plants. If we're going to have 40 million people living here, we better build nuclear power plants. Clean, easy, they work. And in fact, the last, what I was saying about pain, Newsom now, after Republicans, the few Republicans that are left, including our delegation said, idiot, you're going to run the state out of power. He finally acquiesced and said, I'm going to come in and save the nuclear power plant. Not talking about how he was the one that was going to shut it down in the first place. And the same thing as water. Until people run out of water, into what you said, Tim, that like they actually don't have any water coming out of the tap. I've seen it. There won't be there won't be any pain. Nobody will pay the price, and they won't change their methods leave. of operation. They just leave. Well, the, the conservative people leave. Well, everybody does, even the liberal people. The liberal people vote for policies and vote for people like Newsom, burn it to the ground, and then go, hmm, this sucks, I'm leaving. I'm going they, to Montana. I'm going to Utah. Then they bring their policies with them. Yeah. And then it happens all over again. It, it, it's, it's a cultural problem. A lot of this, everything I think we're facing is all cultural issues. There, are, there, there is a sect of people right now, and it's mostly the, the Democrats, the Biden supporters. They only care about saying what is socially acceptable. So, of course, they repeat what they see on TV. They believe every single hoax. And they vote for policies that destroy everything so long as the mob... They agree with the mob. They're content to just watch everything burn. These people, you know, I, I feel like they've always been here. They've always been around. But with social media, they've been trapped Bingo. in a spiral where they're all just chasing each other. It's a Mexican standoff of cancel culture. So you have people who are brave enough to be like, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to agree with that. And then they get mad at you saying, you're not agreeing with the consensus reality. So you're a bad guy. You're an extremist. Exactly. That's the White House. You're an extremist. So what ends up happening is they say, the acceptable thing is that nuclear power is bad. The acceptable thing is that coal power plants are bad. Then you end up with no power. Doesn't matter. They said right thing. Good thing was said. Therefore, we good. Then the grid collapses. Everyone suffers. And they flee to your state. And they say the same exact things. One by one, just gutting and destroying. That's what I'm worried about with Texas. Look, um, mad respect to Joe Rogan. You know, he recently said, vote Republican. Did you guys hear this? Mm -hmm. When they were like, what do you tell these people whose businesses were shut down? And he's like, vote Republican. And they laugh. And people point out it's good that Joe moved to Texas, you know, because he opposes that stuff. But what people don't understand is that Joe is surrounded by wealth and industry. And the people who will follow him for him and not for politics or for political reasons are going to bring liberal policies. Elon Musk brings the Gigafactory to, I think, to Austin. And everyone's like, oh, that's great. Elon Musk, he's fleeing California. Who? And it's like, and all of the people who lived in California working for him, two to one, it's Democrats. It's liberal voters coming to Texas. Now, I think there still is good news because it seems like more anti-woke, anti-cult people are moving to Texas and it's going to help keep the state red. And you have the Rio Grande Valley, which is uh, has, right. has turned red. So I think it'll be okay. Well, and then that will actually dilute the cults. That was one of the things I was going to, I think the the Mexican vote in this country, and I specifically say, you could actually use the kind of the, the larger term Hispanic, but it's really the Mexican vote that's in Texas and California, Arizona, those places. If that vote actually begins to shift, and it doesn't have to shift very much. And if you if you remember in 2016 when Trump won, remember the fake news had created this whole narrative that 
Trump was going to, you know, get rid of all the Hispanics. They were all going to be kicked out of the country. Remember that? Yeah, but he posted that Taco Bowl picture. You know, I didn't believe it for a second. Well, but a lot of people did. I mean, it was it was kind of a a hard time because I felt bad, like like small kids that that my wife's a school teacher. And I remember hearing the stories about little kids actually thought that they were going to, you know, that Trump was like going to come and, you know, get them and, and, and send them back, even though they were born in the United States. But that's the kind of damage you talk about that this can do to, to, to young people and they get these images. But do you know that in, in the only growth area that I saw in the electorate in California in 18 and in 20 was with Mexican-American voters? If you were a working Mexican-American, those, those people, and actually working any, anyone. They're moving Republican. They were, they're, they're, they're shifting, not quickly, but they're shifting. We saw it on the Rio Grande Valley where you're not shifting uh, any Buddy who's college educated doesn't matter what color, what letter you use, you know, as your pronouns, you are going to be you're shifting left. Well, one of the things on the exodus, the governor of New York says, "Hey, Republicans, leave New York, get out of here. We don't want you here." Yeah, that was amazing. In Florida, there's now an eight hundred thousand Republican voter advantage, and it used to be the other way around. Yeah. Well, us and Rumble. We're in Sarasota, Florida, the new free speech capital. True Social's in Florida, Sarasota, so is Rumble. Tim Cass should move down to Sarasota, Florida. That's I, what I've been telling Tim. I, I visited Sarasota. I visited the headquarters in Rumble, at, at Rumble. I was like, this is a great place, Tim. Go, all right, go. all right. Come, you come know, yeah, you guys should move there. We'll, we'll need a... That'd we'll, be fun. We'll, then I we'll, could come on the show all the time. Yeah. We would need, a, if the city can provide some kind of like grant so that we can relocate 30 plus employees and build new infrastructure we otherwise and tax incentives we'll just talk to you know uh, ron and be like hey ron hook it up DeSantis. The weather, man. This is the problem. It's I not that bad. Oh, it's I not that Miami, bad. Dude. I lived in the Redlands. No income yeah, yeah, tax. Yeah, you lived in the no Redlands. No individual income tax. Yes. You lived deep inside of the thing. You got to be by the beach where the breeze is. It's cool. It's fun. It's, it's hey, great. I, it's, it's 100 awesome. degrees of maximum humidity You're all the, the time. No. no. Miami. Air yes, conditioning. No. I, I thought this. <laughs> Sarasota's beautiful. I loved it there. I, I thought the same thing. So, you know, when I was in D.C., like I, California gets hot where I'm from. I'm from the big agricultural valley. And I mean, we're getting 105. You know, we got 111 the other day. And but I've never been hotter outside of when I was in Iraq a few times, which Colonel Harvey lived there for five or six years. So he can tell at you least, about, he yeah. can tell you about real hot. But but in D.C., I mean, if, if it would be in the 90s, 95 with that nasty humidity with no breeze and like that's what you'll see sometimes in Miami. But but you're exactly right. I just think I, I've been shocked at how even when I I, I thought oh man I'm gonna the, the humidity's gonna suck in in Sarasota, but there's always like this breeze that comes off the Gulf. Yeah, it's nice. it's amazing. I, yeah. I'm a big. Florida we shouldn't man. be talking about Sarasota because all your we're gonna have it's too many terrible. people. Too many people are gonna move, and to they're Sarasota. already moving in. I talked to some locals that live there. They're like everyone's moving in. Everyone's so, taking all the properties. All so, these damn yuppies are coming in here. Hey, I'll tell you what. We'll build you a studio in our office. Okay. Every so the, state, oh, the, go ahead. the average high in January is 72. Oh, nice. That's perfect. The average high in April, May is 82, then 87, 90 in June, 91 in July, 91 in August, like 90 Colorado. in September, 86 in August. That's not that's not that different than here. That's it's very not, different not from different. here. The average high in January here is like 35. I, I still, I'm a big Florida man. I love Florida. I'm very biased in my, uh, you know, love affair. Why don't you, why don't Politically, you? Politically, I like Florida. 
Why don't you do? I'm just. Well, it's a purple. We're just throwing state. stuff at the wall. I'm just. This is just. This is. It's a battleground idea. state. It's a, a winter, purple saying, state. It could go either way. We need all the resources down in Florida. We should build a winter cast castle. Exactly. So just yes. in uh, yes. October. Uh, so in in was it? Oh, I don't even have December pulled up. I can teleport, but you can mind read. Yeah, well, that's exactly go. what I was. So uh, say. November <laughs> yeah. to February is what we're based in Florida, and then we come back. Exactly, and nah. then you detoxify. I, 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 you I like sweat out all the toxins from your body, and I, then I, I sweat every single day skating. Luke, we're we're skating out there today, all right? And we're and I'm covered in sweat, and Luke's sitting there hunched over eating a stromboli with pepperoni. I was doing pull-ups <laughs> right before that. All right, I'm, I did okay. I did a little working out today, so I'm really. He came out with a balance board, and it, then he pulled out a stromboli and just slouched it down. And was and, like, and I was working out in the gym. You can check this everywhere on the cameras. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not going too personal because we got to do super chats really. <laughs> and, and, and I really, guy, we're three minutes and, away and, from. And, super and I chats. wanted to ask you so many questions. I have I have like a list of questions I really want ask to ask him. you. Uh, but just, we got to go to Sarasota and then. And we'll and we'll just we'll just do it from there. right here right now. Um, I really want to talk about the intelligence committee because I hear so many rumors just about being a part of this this kind of uh, committee. I'm hearing about people being scared of losing their clearances. I, I heard even Diane Feinstein in 2014 talked about how the CIA was spying on this committee. How was it, uh, you know, being a part of this committee? What was going on? Can you tell us your experiences? Were you being spied on? Was there's were, what, what was going what was going on on the inside? You know, at, at, I actually had the, I'm probably the only person or very few people on the planet who, who can actually say this. I went from the very best job in the world and within a matter of just a few months to the very worst job in the world. <laughs> okay, so I was, I was having, uh, you know, it was, it was tough work, but it was, it was rewarding work. You get to work with patriots like Colonel Harvey. Um, a, a lot of the folks I worked with, it was very bipartisan. You never heard from the House Intelligence Committee until it was a sen until you got to the point of, you know, if there was a terrorist attack or some international issue, because, you know, people didn't even really want to serve on the Intelligence Committee because it was hard work. You had to do a lot. Of, if you actually took it seriously, you had to do a lot of a lot of travel. It wasn't to great places, you know, except when Harvey and I were in Vienna that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so <laughs> but then overnight, Trump wins and then they turn it into that, you know, Everybody's a Russian agent. Everybody's Russian disinformation. So it went from the best job to the to the worst job. I mean, I went under, you know, because I had to sit there and take all their bullshit for year after year. I mean, look, this I'm still I'm not even Congress in, in Congress anymore. And I mean, look, they're still attacking, you know, my former staff. I mean, Cash Patel. I mean, they put him in a damn warrant the other day with his, you know, that story that we were talking about about what Breitbart. Was he? Subpoenaed? Oh, right, right, the, the Breitbart right. story that he was in. So, well, yeah. I mean, and there's still. I mean, every day this this it's like this. They put you in a story about a secret meeting with Donald Trump on a golf course. Yeah. Was there was there any more retribution that you faced for speaking out against what you knew was wrong and what you were right all along about? I mean, look, there's still you have. I mean, look, this is the, this is. I was getting. You know, why did I leave? Why did I leave Congress? It's because the flow, the free flow of information, the internet is shut down. We're trying to create a beachhead to open it back up. I mean, it's that same. And the way that I realized it is, is after the 2020 election, I thought to myself, you know, after, you know, Parler got canceled and all that that we talked about earlier. But another important point is, how could it be that you still had over half of America at that point, according to polls that I'd seen right after the election, that believed that Trump and Republicans had something to do with Russia? They don't know what, but they had something to do with Russia. And that's when I said, Oh my God, like, how did this happen? Like I spent four years debunking this whole damn thing. It's a total hoax. And you still had half of America 
who didn't know about it and, and who believed. And the well, Hunter Biden story was censored. And the Hunter Biden story was censored. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you were you were you know a part of the committee that that you were able to preview uh, get information about that you knew everyone else was wrong about other than just the the whole Russian gate? Well, other than Harvey, China, no China. We were doing a lot on China, identifying what China was doing in technology, espionage, pushing that China was a real threat, and that was that was before Trump. Yeah, we we ran a long. I mean, actually, our China investigation dated back um, dated back a long time, and we were, you know, and, and Colonel Harvey was running that investigation for us. There's a lot there. I mean, China's a big problem, but. You know, we want to be happy warriors for the rest of the night and not get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> what did Ronald Reagan say? If you want to be, if you want to be depressed, go outside and lie down. <laughs> let's uh, let's go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, give a little tap, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at timcast.com. Head over there, click the join us button, because we're gonna have a members only uncensored show coming up at 11 p.m. tonight. You don't want to miss it. But let's read what y'all have to say. All right. Lior Engelstein says, I'll start off the Super Chats by saying, a government that has created enough laws that the average citizen breaks 20 federal laws a day is the same as, quote, show me the man and I will tell you the crime. Yes. You see that viral video of the cop where she's like, if you're in front of me, get out of my way. If you don't get out of my way, I'm behind you long enough. I can find a reason to get you. It's like, oh, yeah, show me the man. I'll show you the crime. That was a strong bureaucratic Becky there. Well, that's what we used (laughs) to say about Mueller. The Mueller, the Mueller witch hunt was an investigation in search of a crime. Yeah. Jason D says, Tim, you mentioned a while back that Michael Graves might come on the show. Any plans for that? Would be great to hear what he's got to say these days. Oh, yeah, we'll reach out to him. It's been a while. Yeah, he's cool. We'll uh, we'll talk to the crew and see what uh, what we got. Dano says, I am a sub at Timcast and I can't give much. But after the video about schools today, I wanted to support you more to hopefully support that micro school more that you gave to. Thanks, Tim, for all you do. So, yeah, there's a uh, micro school out here. You guys familiar with the concept? Basically, what you do is you got a bunch of kids who are homeschooled and you put them in the same place. Their sc- the school is based on instead of a grade classroom, students have grades. So if a student has a sixth grade reading level, but an eighth grade math level, then that's what they have. And then as soon as they finish the tests, they level up. That way the kids can move as quickly or as slowly as they need to. But it's basically get your kids out of the public school system. It's super corrupt. Homeschool your kids. And this is the step up from homeschooling. It's basically, well, it's the step up from pods. Do you know about pod learning? All the, all the families get their kids together. They hire a tutor. Right. You do that with like, you know, 10 times as many kids. And now you've got a micro school. So I recently made a contribution in the low five figures to help a, a micro school get started out here, make sure they have books and the kids can get good learning. And uh, there's some religious values involved. And I think it's a good idea especially considering how they're trying to indoctrinate kids at schools. I thought it was a, it's an important thing to do. Yeah. So I, Dano, I, uh, Dano, I really appreciate the support. This was my personal, you know, contribution. Just wanted to help these, uh, these schools and put my money where my mouth is. Adam Noel says, Ian mentioned Jackson, Mississippi last night. I just want to point out their mayor, Chakwi Antar Lumumba, is a self-proclaimed progressive and socialist. Coincidence? I don't think so. Don't know. Does that have anything to do with them not having water? No idea. No, no, sorry. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, talking to my normie bro about the midterms, his exact words were, wait, it's only the midterms? Biden has two years left? It got this bad that fast? (laughs) Yes. 
Man, I hate to say I told you so. John Kirsten says, last two days, no notification on when live started, but got one Monday. WTF, YouTube. Many such cases. What are you going to do? I think, I'm sorry, guys. I think YouTube would love to end this show. Algorithmically, they can't just delete it. I mean, they technically could, but it would create a big splash, and they try to avoid that. So what they do is removing notifications makes it so slightly less and less people will find the show. The only problem for YouTube is that we have strong draw and people choose to come and watch the show. So thank you all who do. And y'all share the show. So when a notification doesn't go out, here's the good news. Y'all can be the notification. So if YouTube wants to put the uh, jam, if they want to jam us up, not put out notifications, even for those who've selected it, all you have to do is take the URL to this video and post it on any social media you can. And that will be 10 times more powerful than any notification. Wait, you guys get thank notifications you. here? Yeah, Luke's been, <laughs> Luke's been shadow. I haven't had that for years. <laughs> Luke Fredsel says, Chris cheated. Ian needs justice. Free the September 6th prisoners. Cast Castle Union is crooked. If oh, you no. guys haven't been watching Cast Castle, there's a funny story arc going on where Ian runs for union president, but a bunch of uh, early ballots come in at 3 a.m. and Chris ends up winning. And so, uh, yeah. Brother Brovet says, YouTube didn't send notices. Link to the show is bad. Well, there you go. Y'all still found the show somehow, so thanks for, for tuning in. Mount Jeeves says, They get away with it because the people they look to tell them to vote and wait to be saved. Instead of organizing. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta, I gotta uh, uh, halt a little bit of that comment because we are, uh, uh, first of all, spicy. it's a little too spicy. And we are, we are two, less than two months away from an election where we actually have prominent MAGA Republicans, America First Republicans, who are set to win. We've got, you know, people like Corey Mills in Florida. We've got people like Carrie Lake, the governor of Arizona. You are so close to tasting a real victory. You should get your friends to go vote. Seriously. Eric Miller says, Tim, I'm hearing due to supply constraints that Congress could deny the railway rights to strike could be why JB and the Dems aren't worried. Yeah. What do you guys think about that with the railway strike? Could they stop the strike from happening? The president has the authority. I think they would have It to. can delay for a while. I'm not sure how long it is. But, but like, what if, you know, this is what I, was, I never understood. I was told it was like illegal for firefighters or cops to strike. And I'm like, oh yeah, you could just not show up. Like, what, do you, what are they going to do if you're like, then I'm out, I quit. This is, what, this is why I don't like unions. It's why I despise unions. You got a company, right? This is a thousand people. And the, 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 what's happening with the company, it's, it's really, really bad. The wages are really bad. They're not able to feed their families. And they say, you know what? I've had enough. Who's with me? Well, collective bargaining is awesome. All of these people can then just be like, then we're out. We are not going to work and we agree. But now with these union laws, they're like, we can legally stop you from striking. And I'm like, well, no one's stopping you from quitting. So the collective bargaining is still there. I think the problem with unions is that they actually hinder people's ability to organize properly. and People should organize more. I think the Biden administration is the administration of chaos. And I think um, it's not something that they want to prevent. I think it's something that they want to spur on because it's going to work in their benefit when it comes to the larger destruction of our economy that they have been already engineering. But that's just my opinion. If they if they strike, I mean, just let, let, let's take my part of California. You know, you have to remember we're an agricultural area. We have living animals, right, that rely on grain Imported. I mean, one of the reasons why the United States is such a such a strong country is because we can feed ourselves. We have more food here than than we can consume. But if the food can't move around the country, especially when you have living animals that rely on that grain from the Midwest, 
you know, you could be facing, that's just one little example of, I mean, like you don't have, like if the trains don't run for three or four days, okay. within a week, we have starving animals in well, California. You, you don't have the commodities going to the Kellogg's factories or Purina or others that get processed into real food. Remember how crazy they went about the baby food crisis? Yep. The baby formula crisis? I mean, you could have that on a large scale. I mean, there, there is no way they can let these trains And then coal, down. coal oh, for yeah. power and fuel oil. We're going to go back to wood. Yes. Soon. Well, wood is not a carbon emitter when you burn what? it. The EPA says wood is natural, therefore we're not going to regulate it. What? Right. It's not. It's you know, no, I'm, I'm going to build perfect. a steam engine. I'm going to build a wood, po- a wood powered steam, steam engine. Generate electricity with uh, wood. You know, I, I've, I've been thinking about it. People tell me to get a diesel generator, and I'll be like, you get an engine that spins. Okay, why don't I just build my own steam engine with a piston? I'll just do that. No, I'll power my house with trees. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? Or move to Florida. Well, there we got go. solar too, so. But Florida's honey. Rant Milk says, Tim Pool, would you kindly turn my TV off the next time you steal my spoons? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what is that? So, like, you know, with shows like this come stalkers. And there, is, there was one person, it was one of my favorite. They claimed on Twitter that I showed up to their house at 2 a.m., thousands of miles away from where the studio is, and walked in their house and turned their TVs on, and it woke up their family, and they were really pissed off that it happened. And people believed it. They, they, they actually like, wow, I, can't, I, I can believe he would do that. Ha ha, so crazy. And I'm like, bro, I, I don't, I'm thousands of miles away from this place. Why would you believe that I did that? Because people are insane. They want to believe. They do. Augusto Mimoshe says, as a libertarian and Ron Paul supporter, I demand an apology and an I told you and I told you so rights from conservatives for the Patriot Act, et cetera. That's yeah. correct. A lot yeah. of uh, Ron Paul libertarians were warning uh, Republicans that the powers that they have given themselves after 9-11 will eventually be used against them. And I think that's, yeah, that's well, what's I, happening Well, I, I mentioned that. I think, you know, we were talking about the creation of the DNI. The one thing that you have to that you do have to remember about the Patriot Act if you look at all the crimes that have been committed recently, it actually it's even worse than the Patriot Act. You have to actually go back 30 years and the creation of the FISA court, which yeah. had nothing to do with that. So it's not even the Patriot. It's, it's, it's going all the way back to what was done after the Church Commission in the 1970s and 80s. So, and Rand Paul and I have talked about this, you know, at, at nauseam. That was a very important commission that revealed a lot. Yeah. And laws were put in and now those laws are being broke. Yep. From that time, it's not just the ones that were put in after 9-11. You have to go all the way back to, I don't I forget, I think it's 78, I think. I was just thinking of something. You know, I totally, I'm, I'm going to derail totally. But um, one of the segments we've done, we did for two days ago, it's called TikTok is making young girls completely insane. Mm. And it's getting hundreds of thousands of hits. It's like going viral on YouTube. And I'm like, why that one? Why, why is our segment about TikTok making young girls insane just getting an ins- like hundreds of thousands of hits? And, you know, even right now, and then I went, Oh, I wonder if it's because YouTube doesn't want TikTok to su- yeah. succeed. So YouTube is actively promoting us ragging on TikTok because it benefits YouTube. And then I'm like, I'll rag on TikTok all day if you do want wants to rag yeah. on TikTok. TikTok's bad. Absolutely. Tencent, China spying on Americans? Yeah, okay. We're in agreement there, YouTube. Prop up my videos. Well, Let's the, rag the, on TikTok. Their algorithm is totally different for American children than it is for Chinese children. And yeah, exactly. you could see the degradation of our society that's being influenced by these social media programs. And it's and it's wild. It's more, more promoting Timcast segments and ragging on TikTok. How about that? All right. Perfect. And I'm going to make a true, TikTok video true, tomorrow. And true social, too. And true yeah. social, of course. Ginger McIsaac says, Devin, I voted for you 
Also started Save the Endangered California Farmer. You were one of my first members. Thanks for all you did for the beleaguered farmers. By the way, Taxifornia refugee now. Oh, yeah. See, another one. Another another person fled. Yep. Yep. It's a bummer. Thank you, by the way. Tom Bear says Senate Intel on both sides helped spread this hoax. Dick Burr, a drunk hack, Lady G, etc. Dur- uh, Durham has always been a cleaner for the regime. See what he did in the Bulger intrigues in the CIA black sites. Facts. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what Durham comes up with here. We're getting, so ready, to have, getting ready for a trial. Of uh, who's, who's facing trial right now? Who's uh, Danchenko. Durham's going to be the prosecutor. The Russia. He's the guy who was the secret Russian source that was actually a Democrat operative. Wow. In a confidential human source. And that, that's, yeah, that was the joke. We started out with he's the guy who's now the confidential human source that they hid from us. And Stephen Helper was a confidential human source. Yep. Aaron Elizabeth says it's a wish order. We ordered Trump but got Devin. JK, <laughs> love you, man. Connecticut is going red. <laughs> Don't count us out. We are pissed. Yeah, so the other night we were like, we're going to have a big show tomorrow. And then I guess because Trump was in D.C., everybody was like, Trump, come on, you know. And then when when Devin shows up, they're like, oh. Oh. Yeah, but now I'm going to be literally disappointed now that the TikTokers are going to do better than than Colonel Harvey and I. (laughs) Yeah, but if it was any other day, you know. Robert Muir says, Muir, stop letting others define whom you are. To you, people will say whatever they want about you. There's nothing you can really you can really do about it. That is what it is. But to yourself, you can always know who you are. Richard Leese says, "Ask Devin if he thinks Obama is pulling all the strings with these scandals." Yes. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was easy. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, if you look at who's running the White House right now, Susan Rice. Yeah, it's Susan Rice and and. Um, uh, Monaco was uh, was involved in the Russia hoax, and you have uh, Jake Sullivan. They were all involved in the Russia hoax. They've all been promoted. Aren't they bringing Podesta back too? And, and Podesta's coming back too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they Pre- just recycle through. I mean, it's all the same people. And, they're and, all and speaking of recycling, you look at the number of senior FBI and senior Democratic DOJ officials like Baker who go to Facebook or go to Twitter or go to these other social media companies as senior senior people at those and then they spend some time there and they go back and they go back into dni or someplace like that there's this relationship and we can't seem to get into it obama even said that he would love to come back as president but not be president but be the person calling all the shots behind the scenes a couple years ago so he's been making statements about this possible reality chris pavoto says for anyone else door knocking or with colleagues uh, talking with colleagues about voting when the economy and inflation comes up ask Isn't it crazy why those in control at D.C. haven't pushed for a federal minimum wage increase? Hmm. I think it's a good point. You know, the argument, you have a lot of Democrats talking about all these problems, but they're not actually pursuing what many of the Democrat voters are asking for. Not that I think it'll solve the problem. I had a voter the other day make the point that the Democrats in Washington, D.C. are doing to their constituents, their policies are undermining and attacking minorities, immigrants of all types, okay, lower income people. Because of inflation, their tax structures, the IRS, it's going to go after all of them. It, it's not going to, their policies are going after who they claim to be their base. Yeah. I mean, look, D.C. has changed over the, you know, when I first went there. I mean, it used to be, you know, a city where, you know, you had a large uh, African-American population. And largely that population has been pushed out, been pushed out into Maryland. And, and D.C. is like this new 
Like, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if it's got, it's got to have one of the highest per capita incomes in the country. I mean, there's yeah. new apartment. I mean, there's, there's yeah. cranes everywhere. The construction's never stopped. Um, and essentially, they, the city has become a place for young one percenter liberals. Yeah. All right. Benjamin Dover. Well, interesting name there, Ben. <laughs> Mr. Dover, first name Ben. Railroad is going to strike and things will get much, much worse. Food, energy, and fuel prices to the moon. Part of me thinks that they will not be able to stop this strike. And part of me thinks they want the strike to happen. Just yep. with how bad everything's gotten and this idea of the Great Reset, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Artificial scarcity. They yeah, I wouldn't be happen. surprised if they're like, oh, no, a rail strike and now there's no food anymore. Whoops. Yep. Well, it's they. what could they come up with? Because it's a crisis and they'll take advantage of any crisis to push through new programs and new authorities. Yeah. Well, they're telling farmers in the Netherlands to stop farming while they're also saying there's going to be a major food shortage because of Ukraine. So something doesn't add up. Just the way it is. Fire of destruction. It says, uh, Tim, I listen while I drive at work. That said, I love the guests you have on. I also listen to the quartering. And he said he's trying to pass you in subs in today's episodes. In today's episode. Well, uh, you know, good for him. I, uh, I don't know what, to say, what, what to say about I don't really pay attention to any of that stuff. I remember, uh, you know, when we started Timcast IRL, I had two other channels that were, you know, had large followings. And if, if the whole mentality of starting a channel was we have to get more subs, we have to get bigger, I think you would lose what makes the channel actually work. We did the show because we had fun doing it, and we just keep doing it. And uh, subscriber, subscriber uh, growth slowed down in an off-season year. During, in 20, in, in, in uh, primary years, presidential primary years and presidential elections, the subscriber growth is just bonkers because everybody's now wrapped up in politics, you know. So it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy for everybody in politics in this in this coming year, and then twenty twenty four is twenty twenty four is gonna be insane. Twenty twenty three building up to it is gonna be. Oh, insane. I know it's gonna be nuts. I mean, the fact that they're already gearing up for the presidential cycle in twenty twenty two is just like yeah. And, and numbers don't matter anymore. Your subscribers don't matter. It's the algorithm that matters, and a lot of people go crazy on YouTube just chasing these numbers, and it's not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, how many subs does uh, does Jeremy even have anyway? No idea. He's got, let's see, close. he's got 1.29 million subs. Oh, you know, good really for him. Really close, yeah. yeah. cool. We, we like Jeremy. He's a cool mm-hmm. dude. He, uh, he gave us a lot of money when we got, when we got swatted. He a was, lot of coffee. He was selling his coffee. <laughs> he was like 500 bucks. No, I think he gave us more than that, didn't he? I don't know. He used multiple channels or something? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's grab some more. Let's grab some more of a... Uh... Musically Assured Destruction says, Will Putin try to force Ukraine to be neutral? This way nobody has it. I mean... I guess a wasteland is neutral, right? Yeah, I don't... I mean, neutrality isn't what he wants. Hmm. All right. Iggy the Incubus has question for Devin. What was the biggest high and low of your time in government? Do you believe that it can still be fixed? If so, how? Hmm. Well, a lot of good stories. I think I talked earlier about the... You know, when I had the best job you know, to the, to the worst job. But in many ways... As bad as the job was at the there at the end with the Russia hoax, I mean at least at least we were able to tell the American people the truth, and at least that at least that's that's out there. Probably a you know one of my funniest stories in in politics was I had a guy. This was when I was first elected. He called me, called the office, and he said I have a a bear in my backyard and he's eating the fruit off my trees. 
I said, well, there's not really much we can do about it. You got to call Fish and Game, blah, blah, blah. Let us help you. And he said, no, no, no. I want you to come out and and kill the bear. So finally, he kept. So I said, finally, I told one of my uh, my district director at the time. I said, would you just go? Because we thought maybe the guy was just going a little senile because he sounded like he was really old. And and he was really old. And we went out there. He's an old World War II vet. And kind of there, the guy was kind of lonely. And I'll be damned if the bear wasn't there. And so when we tried to work with the all the Fish and Game Commission, all these people to try to go kill the damn bear. And, or, or, you, know, keep, cap, you know, usually they would capture it and take it off. And so the guy kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Finally, we just said, okay, screw it. And a couple of uh, guys that I know said, look, we'll just go kill the bear for the guy. And so they went out there to kill the bear. And, uh, and the guy says, you know, I just like you guys coming out here. And I really don't have any friends. My wife died. And please don't shoot the bear. But we guys keep coming out and just hang out with me. <laughs> wow. It was a cool story. <laughs> All right, here's one. Liquid Logic says, can Devin Nunes provide insight into why Assange was not pardoned by Trump? And will Trump make a commitment to pardon Assange if he runs in 2024? Trump would win in a landslide by winning independents and moderates. Oh, that's it. You know, the Assange situation is one that there's just not a lot of information. on. I know people are very passionate about it that, you know, on the kind of that front. But, um, you know, we just don't. There's so much that is unknown about it, about Assange, that. You know, because we, you know, many people, I mean, I think even, um, I think even Sean Hannity went over there, um, you know, and tried to get him, you know, several, you know, several prominent people have tried to get Asajj to like, hey, kind of let, hey, this is your chance. Give us everything you have. And he's never truly came forward with everything that he has. I would ruin his credibility. Yeah, no, no, I I, yeah. I realize, but. He couldn't do it. But he's in a, but, but it's it's kind of a. Catch twenty two situation because if he yeah. if he doesn't do it then you know then people are going to say he broke the law. I think it's all I think it's all BS. I think what the, you know they 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 go after him like uh, you know Obama I think went after more whistleblowers and journalists under the under the Espionage Act than I think all other presidents combined if that's the case. Julian Assange and WikiLeaks they accepted leaks and they published them, but the New York Times does the exact same thing. The issue is that WikiLeaks was just very effective and yeah. it was out of their reach, so. At the very least, you could look at what they did with Julian Assange in Sweden. They first get him locked up under some ridiculous claims about Swedish, you know, rape laws or something because a condom broke, which is ridiculous. And then ultimately drop those as soon as the U.S. intervenes. And I, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Luke, it was Trump that ordered the, the, the uh, raid on the Ecuadorian embassy, right? Um, it was under his administration, I believe. Uh, we, I got to fact check that to be completely honest. My, my view is that I think Trump wanted to bring Assange over here because he knew Assange had answers about what was going on and could provide some evidence and testimony. Assange won't do it because Wikipedia won't. He, he wouldn't give up his his credit. There was allegedly an offer from the Trump administration asking Assange to reveal his sources of the the leak. And Assange said he wouldn't do that. That's the story yeah. allegedly that we heard from a mutual friend of ours. Yep, I'm not sure Trump was involved in any of it. I'm not sure it would get to his well, level. It was his. It was under his administration. Right. No, I understand. I mean, yeah. he's publicly talked about WikiLeaks. Well, he, well said he this, this is the it. conflicting part. He said he loved WikiLeaks. He he loved what Julian Assange did. He promoted the leaks, and he came out there on the, on the campaign, and he was like all for it. And then when he was asked about it later on uh, during his political cure, he was like Julian Assange, who WikiLeaks, who? And he acted like he didn't know who they were. So there, there's a big difference between his later Ross, statements and his earlier statements. I don't know a whole lot about the Ross 
Ross Ulbricht thing. I think you might know more than that. Yes, more, that, um, that's a big case as well. But Gosh. people are saying he should be pardoned. He should have been pardoned. Assange yes, should have absolutely. FreeRoss.org, I think, has a website detailing that particular circumstance, which also is egregious from my point of view. I think Trump should have pardoned all nonviolent drug offenders like who didn't plead down. So it's like people who had, you know, varying degrees of pot. He's just been like, we're parting all of it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people that definitely deserved pardons, but, uh, you know, Kodak Black, <laughs> like, definitely makes you wonder yeah, what was going on are, there. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about the Bannon stuff? You know, the, the accusations that he was swindling money or whatever from Trump supporters. I mean, look, that was, uh, it's the, it's New York that's going after him. Blue state, deep blue. He was already pardoned federally. They didn't seem to ever have a case against him, and I think he's being targeted. I um, think it's, I, you know, I mean, look at how the look at how you know you've got the same people that are going after after Trump. You've got the same people, you know, in, they're doing the same thing in Georgia. It's the weaponization yeah. of the justice system. And I mean, look, if you're going to go after after people for uh, look what what Bannon has said publicly about this over and over again he hasn't hid from it he's been very from what i can tell very transparent about what they were what they were doing you know look it's not something that that, that i would do but it just seems like he's a political target by this standard you'd have to be investigating charging and bringing to prosecution thousands of these nonprofit people thousands yeah but the standard's not being applied across the board. It's selective. Yep. Dan Ines says, I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today is from Popeye. The character's name is Wimpy. In the Robin Williams movie, he even sings a song about it. Oh, well, Who knows this stuff? Oh, the audience knows everything. It's, it's the <laughs> oh, wisdom of the crowd, man. They really do. <laughs> Wimpy. Is that... Is there, is this there is crowdsourcing. That's yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Man, a lot of people pointing out that they're not getting notifications anymore. And, uh, you know, we're working on a mobile app. And so I'm just imagining it's going to be great. Y'all will download the mobile app. And then at like 7.55, a little thing, and it'll be like, we're live in five minutes. Come hang up. That would be super cool. As long as you can get on the Google Play Store. Yeah, I think An Apple App Store. We'll see, though. That's crazy how they do that, though. But we're, we can, we're still waiting. We're on the Apple App Store, but we're not on the Google Play Store. Even, why don't though, you, even though we have a very family-friendly, just, clean just put platform. it on the website. You can you can put the APQ on your website. Yeah, we actually have that, oh, or you okay. can go do it. But you know, like if you're under the age of 40, 45, people that have Androids know how to do that. But you know, if you're like my dad's age, you don't know. You you only know how to use the Google Play Store. Yeah, makes That's it very true. complicated. They're just it's, it's it's attrition. Making it hard enough to hinder you is good enough. You know, right. Wise guy is a dick. Says don't do a steam engine. Do a wood powered gasifier. You can use hydrogen gas to power everything. Really? Well, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how that would work. The only thing that I can think of in my mind that I could probably build from scratch is like a wood, is a steam engine because it's like a relatively simple thing to build. Granted, I'm not talking about actually like making the metals or anything, but I could like buy the parts and I have a, I have a general concept of how to make a steam engine. But I don't know what a gasifier is. I actually watched a YouTube video on how to make a steam engine. It's really cool. They had a glass one. And it's like a little, little Bunsen burner and the, or a little candle. And then it just makes a piston spin a wheel. Good fun stuff, steam engine stuff. You know, we used that. to have thousands and thousands of little little dams and all these creeks and little rivers. You know, Wisconsin, Illinois, a lot of communities had them. They generated electricity just for their small towns. They're all gone. But if we want a clean energy, that's Yeah, why it. don't we do that? The water Good just question. keeps flowing. 
Yep. And if you don't have the water, you die anyway. So what will you care about electricity? You got to leave. Oh, but there's probably a minnow there we need to protect. Mm. Yeah, that's what's happening right now in the Delta, right? The, the fish. Delta no, that's smelt. the smelt. Boops, Delta boops. Smelt. Yes. What? Boops, boops. Fish. Boops. Yes, its species name is Boops Boops. Look it up. Fact check me on boops, it. I love boops. it. The Delta smelt. Yes. You're welcome. Boops Boops. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's grab some more Super Chats. Mission says, I'm originally from Fresno, California. They love Devin Nunes out there. He will be missed. Thank you, sir. Why do people call Sanger CA the Chankula? The, the Chankula? Always wondered. Chankula? Chankula? Is know. that what it is? Chankula? I can't see it. It's the, the print. It's too small it's there. It's the, the flip-flop, the Chankula. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, Sanger is a beautiful little city. Lots of homeless there now, too, just mm-hmm. like my home city, but not far from, not far from where I live. Oh, yeah. I, I want to mention real quick, too, before we wrap up, I think we're going to do a car giveaway. We're going to be nice. giving. Yeah, we're planning it. And uh, more information to come soon. It's going to be really fun. Really fun. Yeah, I was thinking about doing an RV giveaway as well. You I done think with I, your RV, Luke? Yeah, it'll be, <laughs> like good to, it'll be good to upgrade. What kind <laughs> of car? Electric? Uh, a 2004 <laughs> Chevy Cobalt with 216,000 miles on it. Okay, nice. okay. Yeah. So we have this, car. like, so here's what happened. <laughs> hey, we someone car, could use it. <laughs> we were at a car dealer. I don't think it, it can move, but we were at a car dealership, and I was uh, we were getting a new work vehicle, and then someone traded it in, and then we looked at it, and it was like, like you know, and then... I think my brother was just like, how much do you want for that? And it was like a couple hundred bucks. They were like, I guess, like trading it in, but there's no real value to it. You can take it now. And so now we have this just ridiculous car for no reason. And then I was like, <laughs> we should we should do a giveaway, like a sweepstakes. And we'll make an ad for it. Because I always see these ads on Facebook where it's like, you could win a Maserati. And so we're going to do like, you could win this car. And it's a, got 216,000 miles on it. Hey, man. Well, Actually, Colonel Harvey's got several of those. He's like into collecting Cherokee Jeeps. Yeah, I have a 92, a 96, and a 98 Jeep Cherokee Sports. And one's really nice. I mean, I got it lifted up and, you know, it's good for off-road. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have that members-only show coming up for you about 11 p.m. And also, if you are ever using Spotify, you can add our songs, Will of the People and Only Ever Wanted, to your playlists. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Devin, do you want to shout anything out? Hey, just thanks a lot. It's been a real pleasure to be out here, and we're looking forward to having you down in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming, man. It's been fun. Solar panels, steam engines, whatever you need. Derek, you've been on the show several times, but do you want to shout anything out? You're running for office, too, I think, right? Yeah, I'm running for county commissioner in Washington County right here where we're at. And uh, if you want to check me out or make a donation online, it's at VoteDerekHarvey.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-H-A-R-V-E-Y. Awesome. Uh, my YouTube channel is We Are Change, and uh, it's uh, something really weird and strange is going on there. But if you want to see my information downloads with my co-host Atlas, you can. YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. Hope to see you there. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys very much for tuning in this evening. We very much appreciate it. As always, even though you didn't get the notification, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Petulitz, as well as Sarah Petulitz.me. We'll see all of you at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.